internet, my name is Walter Seides Fedchuk, and if you've ever watched Rough Drafts before and you've seen this overlay, you know it is time again for my personal favorite podcast. It's our nepotism podcast with my brother Alex and my co-host Chase, and we're talking about Hearthstone, uh. because that's the only thing we talk about on the nepotism podcast. So, hey. as of course, I would like to welcome my typical co-host, Chase Redshirt King Wassener, and my brother down here, Alex BM Nevas Fedchuk. Guys, how are we doing today? I mean, I'm doing great. We get to talk Hearthstone, which is a game that I absolutely love and play way more than I play League of Legends. So this is something I feel like uh, I, I can be informed as a player as well as as an analyst. Uh, and I get to go back and forth with somebody who plays even more card games than I do, which always, you know, having that Magic the Gathering influence that Alex brings into it really does help kind of put things in perspective. I think there's at least one card that the Magic the Gathering community has been laughing at how much the Hearthstone community has been overreacting to it. And we'll, when we get there, you'll know exactly which one I'm talking about. But uh, I, I love getting to talk about Hearthstone cards, and I, I'm... I think that this expansion in particular has shown that Blizzard has at least learned one thing, which is that boring pack filler is super boring. They did not release a single card in this expansion without text, with the exception of the Zero Mana 1-1 Beast. And Beast's text meme is going to be a thing for a while now, but still, like, that's it. That's as far as we go uh, without having, uh, you know, as far as boring basic cards. Everything else does something. And that makes this fun, it makes it interesting, it means that there are going to be a lot of decisions being made, whether it's an arena or whether it's in a traditional standard format. So I'm excited. I, I think this is going to be real fun. Yeah, yeah. How's, you, how's Gwent, How Alex? How's Gwent? <laughs> uh, Gwent's okay. Gwent's a card game that makes me salty like they all do. <laughs> no, uh, Gwent, Gwent is a lot of fun. Um, it's hard to it's hard to speak about. It's a very consistent format. So like, you get paired up with an opponent, and you basically know how the game is going to play out, and then it's how you react to that situation that changes kind of how the game goes. Like, okay, well, I know that you have this. You probably have it in your hand right now. So I'm going to do this instead of trying to execute my game plan in a strictly linear fashion. Mm -hmm. Um. But on the top of Hearthstone, I'm super excited about this expansion because does the term glacial pace seem too much like a, a pun? I mean, <laughs> I mean, yeah. If you're if you're gonna name you know your expansion Knights of the Frozen Throne, I think all the ice puns and freezing and frozen and let it go, let it go, let it go is gonna come out. I think you're totally totally on board with making any type of ice joke that you want to. I'd even say that it'd be nice to have a lot of ice jokes. Hello. I was going to say, it's it's gonna, it's very ice that we all got together to talk about this whole thing today. Uh, we're really, this is when Batman and Robin, you know, Mr. Freeze needs to come out and like intercut half of our jokes with half of his terrible <laughs> ice puns and just make it a, a mega cast in that regard. But we've got so many cards to talk about today. Maybe we don't have the time to invite uh, can, can we just edit in? Can we just edit in Arnold Schwarzenegger's Mr. Freeze? It's like another <laughs> yes. 
just just randomly in the middle of the show, I'm gonna take a compilation of his best moments as Mr. Freeze and just drop it in there, and it's gonna be like a 10 minute video, and everyone's gonna be like, "Wait, what? What are we doing?" That, yes, that that's is all I'm asking. That's that all that I'm is. Asking for Walter. So so, I I just want to ask how how did we enjoy Unguro? Just before we get into Knights of the Frozen Throne, at the end of the day. We're still keeping all the cards. Most of the decks are probably just going to, you know, change somewhat. Meta's going to shift. But at the end of the day, how did we enjoy Ungaro? Because I played way more Hearthstone in just that one expansion than I probably had since Hearthstone came out. So let, let's start with Alex. How, how, how well, you know, how much did you like uh, Ungaro? How well did you do? You know, what were your, like, final thoughts on the expansion? Um, I think that... Ungro was like a huge success as far as Hearthstone's concerned. Sure, there was like the bad taste that people were getting in their mouth about Quest Rogue, but even then, like from my experience, I never really ran into many Quest Rogues. So as, aside from me playing it and yeah. having a whole bunch of fun making other people sad, yeah, like I never like every single rogue I ran into was Miracle. So that didn't seem like that huge a deal. And if you look at like the top tier of decks, we had Control, we had aggro we had mid-range like every archetype seemed pretty decently like the general archetype seemed decently represented as a whole um if only warlock was doing a bit better then i could say like man everyone had had a good deck like mm -hmm. hunter was tier one for a bit control paladin was a thing aggro paladin uh murloc shaman even like did decently for a bit aggro shaman well like with the bloodlust finisher and all the tokens mm -hmm. Jade Druid still existed after it finally after it finally got properly attacked like I knew it would be. Yeah. Ag Aggro Druid is still mean. Um, you know, I, I Priest, I'm still having fun with Control Priest where I get a leash shenanigans and do all the Shadow Vision stuff, but also Purify Priest is a thing now. That's something I don't think we necessarily were all expecting. Turns out um... that Lyra card that I said might be good if it had the right support we already had enough support, and we just didn't see it. I'm so glad that ended up being actually good. Um, much so like Warriors will never get a single top minion after this, we will never get another minion that says can't attack on it. Because Silence <laughs> Priest, because Purify became good, Blizzard, or Team 5 proved like, hey guys, this is a good card. Now let's just get rid of all this. This is silly. <laughs> I, I, I will say I had more fun at the beginning of the expansion than by the end where it was literally every deck on ladder was control and I couldn't play Pirate Warrior anymore. And I know, boo-hoo, the Pirate Warrior player is complaining. But, like, I don't know. The, 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 end, the end of Ungaro and now seeing how it looks like everything's going to shift is leaving a very cool taste in my like throat it's like cooled me down because i'm like i am not gonna enjoy this unless i fundamentally change my play style as a player so i'm yeah. i'm excited because it's it's more hearthstone and they've they sucked me in enough with ungaro that i'm going to keep playing it but i know just from everything that i'm seeing of the cards and the interactions and everything i i feel like for aggro and and classic burn players this isn't really gonna be our time to shine I mean, for burn players, Alex Straza still exists, and she's not true. rotating anytime soon. It's true. Um, yeah, also, I, I think Ag... Go ahead. I was just going to say, like, Shaman's going to be just fine, for the record. Like, they're going to add in uh, that new, uh, I believe it's the Burlock, 
which is the worst pun in the set, but also kind of incredible as it is. Uh, you know, having a, a minion that you can put down and freeze things and just help build that board even more quickly, like that's still going to be good regardless of the rest of this. Pyre Warrior will be just fine because it's fast enough. You know, a lot of these cards we've we've learned over time, right? Yes, they slow things down enough that these control decks have a chance, but moving super fast is still going to be more reliable than those kind of control cards. The, the tech that's going to be coming in here still needs to be drawn and played, and then Pirate Warrior can't have an answer to it, and Pirate Warrior still has all of the things that's going to allow it to go face super quick, though. So I, I, I'm less doom and gloom about, uh, about aggro as you are, just because I think aggro will always have a place, just because there are so many cheap, good cards that can flood the board and are still going to do a thing. But... As someone who was queuing into a lot of Pirate Warrior whenever I tried to play Control and having a miserable time of it, I can assure you that if I have some more tools in my arsenal to get past it, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be complaining too much. Not a it's not a concern. listen. I'm I'm not gonna go look at my Hearthstone stats and try and figure out how many Control decks I played against in the last month versus Pirate Warrior decks. I'm not gonna do that because that's not the purpose of this podcast. This purpose. Is, uh, is to actually look at the cards, to, to think about the decks, to think about the classes, figure out where things are going to go, figure out what decks like Pirate Warrior might just fall off a cliff. <laughs> As if. Uh, so oh, come on. I, yeah. was, I know, it was a joke. I was chuckling at my own joke. Calm down. <laughs> Whatever. Hop Chill off the out, Pirate man. Warrior player here. But we're going to start with Druid. And uh, we start with Druid because it starts with the letter D. Um, they do have two decks, according to Tempo Storm's meta uh, snapshot, that are currently tier one. Uh, that is the Aggro Druid and the Jade Druid, as you both kind of chuckled about Jade Druid somehow still being good an expansion later. So, first glance at the cards in Frozen Throne, do we think either of those decks gained anything that are going to keep them as tier one or put them, you know, in, in num the number one spot or, or tier S. Chase, what, what do you think? Well, as far as what they gained, I, I don't think that it's going to be anything that necessarily plays into those two decks very well. Um, I, I think in general, you know, Jade Druid is as thin as it is because it needs to have enough of the Jade cards. It needs to have, you know, the nourishes for a bit of a draw engine. Um, there are very few things you can really take out. There wasn't any real draw in this. Um, there wasn't really anything that, you know, I, I guess you could say that Spreading Plague maybe helps you buy a little bit more time, but by the time you're playing that, it, it's, you know, in often cases, it's a dead card that you can't really afford in a deck that needs to have the consistency. Um, the one thing that's actually going to be quite bad for Jade Druid is the existence of one of the most clearly printed hate cards I've seen in a while, the Skulking Geist. Six mana, four, six, destroy all one-cost spells in both hands and decks. That is designed to say, screw you, uh, you Jade Druid player, and screw you Miracle Priests, who are really hurt even more by this, because at least Jade Druid has a guaranteed amount of scale. It's just preventing the infinite. Uh, Miracle Priest, you lose Innerfire, and you're basically... Well, you're you're done with your inner fire combo. So sucks to be you. But yeah, so so that might bring it down a little bit if that's played a lot with any tech card. You know, it's going to be based on how prevalent those things are going to be. So maybe it'll kind of ebb and flow that way a little bit more. Um, as as far as aggro druid goes, 
uh, didn't really get anything in this expansion, but I didn't think it really needed to. Um, it, it has all of the cards it needs to go fast. It still has all of the ramp. Uh, what this is going to do is it's going to try to make uh, this kind of taunt druid a thing, which I'm actually curious to talk to you, Alex, because I, I, I can't seem to wrap my head around whether taunt druid has any real potential to be a thing. Is, is, is this a thing I'm sleeping on? Is, is this a, a genuine, like, can this be played or are the taunts that you would potentially be getting back just too slow? Does it, feel, it feels just not, not, doesn't feel like enough of a swing for me compared to something like Nsop. So refresh my memory. Uh, Bolster was printed back in uh, Grand Tournament, right? Yeah. And how many expansions later did we get Quest for uh, Sulphuros? Uh, it took a while. Took at least, I'm thinking at least three or four expansions. And the best part is Bolster still isn't played in that Taunt Warrior deck. So Bolster rotated. Yeah, so well, there, it wouldn't have been. There like, you go. Like I've seen we it have... in the wild. It was not. It's not a thing. <laughs> so there you go. Taunt Druid got Bolster printed in the form of Strong Hill, Strong Shell Scavenger. I will see you in a year and a half when Taunt, Taunt Druid is tier one. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, that's. I mean, certainly they have with things like Spreading Plague. You can get a lot of taunts very quickly. You know, you can imagine, you know, Spreading Plague on turn five and then turn six, Druid of the Swarm into Strong Shell Scavenger. That's a whole bunch of three sevens potentially. It just seems like it. It, it just relies on so many different things to go right. I, I'm more. I'm more interested in like whether you think that Hadronox couldn't want you know be like a like what would we need to see what what is the card that this is missing I guess uh, for something like Hadronox to be the swing that it would ideally be. You, the thing about like taunt decks is that you have to be working towards something. The reason why Taunt Warrior didn't work before the uh, before Angoro was because it didn't have a way to win the game because taunt minions are heavily defensively statted. So they have like two attack, six health, or a three drop. Oh, one attack, six health for a three drop. I guess yeah, that's great now. Say. Thanks, Crip Lord. Um, yeah. But they are heavily skewed into defensive stats. So sure, you can build a big board of them. It's going to really slow your opponent down. Um, and towards the end of the game, you can drop Hadronox, get a huge board full of more taunts, and maybe that's just how they win is by generating so much effective health through all these taunts so your, so your opponent runs out of gas and just dies mm -hmm. but taunt warrior needed to literally have ragnaros stapled yeah, to their I, face yeah i was i was good. gonna say the problem with that is i can't imagine ever winning a game with taunt warrior without without the hero power like i the the other day i played like almost 15 games of taunt warrior and i won four games just because i rolled the dice on hero power and it happened to hit them in the face like so what, I don't see Druid's win condition here. I, I don't, other than just hopefully out, you know, out fatigue your opponent? Is that is that what it is? That's well, basically it. When you're, when you're on the, like, if you're up against aggro, you mulligan away the quest. Yeah. And then the entire purpose is just wait until they run out of stuff because they're probably going to need to spend more resources dealing with your taunts than you need to play another taunt. 
and the quest is just extra it's just window dressing at that point yeah aggro can't kill you with zero cards in their hand this is that's a very true point yeah i mean and that's ultimately where hadronox i guess falls flat for me is that you know in theory like as you mentioned you you get rid of the quest and you don't have to worry about the ragnos because you have enough of those middling cards um so you can't like theoretically this taunt druid could do a similar thing but at the same time, you don't you don't have nearly the same power against a mid range or a control deck because it's nowhere near as big of a swing. And oh, by the way, I'd like to point out that that Hadronox it's a death rattle, not a battle cry. So if he's silenced, it just doesn't happen. And you wasted all of his time. Like it's so much more conditional. That makes it so much worse in my mind. It, I it, didn't know. <laughs> like, and it, do it doesn't even have taunt itself, so it's not it's not like it's like, yeah, kill me, and then I you know, I'm gonna force you to kill me. It's so I don't I just don't get it. I just don't see it. I don't I don't yeah. see taunt druid being anything because it seems so counterproductive to everything that druid has wanted to accomplish. Also, remember druid has terrible removal. Yes. Well, like, yeah. not, like taunt warrior has brawl. They can yes. brawl you for days. And execute. <laughs> yeah. And and ravaging ghoul, like yeah, there's a lot of stuff. Yeah, there's a and lot of stuff the fish. That you can do. So, so I, here's one question I have for you guys, because we we're accepting Tadru. It seems really bad. It's awful. But there's one other thing that might be a thing for druids, and that's ramp druid, like maybe even jungle giants in theory, with ultimate infestation as your finishing move. Where you you know you get up finally all your cards are super cheap you know we always talk about druid not having the draw engine to justify you know playing a deck in which you're just basically hoping that all your stuff becomes free at some point but dealing five damage gaining five armor getting a five five all on you know in one card would be would be pretty good but then getting to draw the five cards back up now that's an engine that a ramp druid in theory should essentially would suppose you know theoretically thrive with. Is that enough? Is that enough to turn Ramp Druid from like this kind of fringe, like I'm a player that spent way too much money on the game and I've got a ton of big legendaries and I just want to play a super greedy deck into something that has a little bit more stability? Is that enough? I don't. I, I, I don't. I don't I think relying on a ten cost card is is. I don't think that's enough. I don't think this magically makes Ramp Druid this amazing card. I think putting all your eggs into this one basket and praying that it works out for you, because this isn't an auto win in any, like this isn't a finishing card. You still have to finish the game after this. All this might do is like, if you're stalling out, it might help you out because you get those five cards back, you get a creature on the board, you get some armor. Like this feels more like a, I'm, I'm, it feels like a, a tank of gas. It feels like you're running out of gas on the highway and your deck, you know, tow truck comes by and they bring you a gallon of gas and say, here, this is so you can get to the next gas station. It, it doesn't feel like a finisher to me. It feels like a, let's keep this game going just a little bit longer. You know, let's let's stall it out a little bit more. Let's go. So I, I don't think it's all that great. Let it be and known, Internet, that on August 8th, 2017, Walter accidentally stumbled upon what the meaning of this card is gas means. Congratulations. 
welcome, welcome to the club. Uh, it's happy to have you here. Oh, okay. And, and, and let me remind you, by the way, if we're thinking about 10-cost cards, if I played Yogg-Saron, and Yogg-Saron dealt five damage to the target I most wanted him to deal damage to, drew me five cards, gained me five armor, and summoned a 5-5 five five on my side of the board, I'd be thinking to myself, that was a pretty good Yogg-Saron. I'm pretty happy with how all of that worked out. Like, that's, like, that seems good to me. Alex, you, you're the deciding vote here. Is this, not, is this good? Is this not good? Does it do enough? Um, Am I wrong? I don't know where to land on this card, actually. Because, like, sure, the Yogg-Saron, like, oh, man, I draw a bunch of cards, I gain some health, I summon a minion, I shoot something. Like, yeah, that's a really good Yogg. Difference between that and this is that Yogg-Saron comes with a Yogg-Saron. This doesn't. But it's a very consistent Yogg-Saron. It's like, if, if he does this, and then at the end he, like, shadow or deaths himself, you're like, yeah, that's to be expected. But I, um, I just I just remember playing Yogg or seeing Yogg being played. It's not as they like, all right, I want to kill my opponent, I'm playing Yogg-Saron. It's always as they like, well, I'm kind of screwed here if I don't play it, so let's roll the dice and pray to God here. Like, that's what I mean. It's, it's not a, it's not my finishing move. It's my, like, okay, here, I'm rolling the dice. And this is just that it's rolling... It's like when you're pl this card is like playing blackjack, and your first two cards are always like an eight and a seven, and it's just you always get eight and seven, or eight and eight, or a nine and a seven. Like you're always at like fifteen or sixteen on the very first two cards you get. I might make a comparison. Mm -hmm. This card, so lay on hands, paladin, yes. gain eight life, draw three cards, eight mana. This card is way more efficient than that because it deals damage. You might not gain as much health, but you still gain a substantial bet. Um, you get a, a body for your trouble and draw a ton of cards. Like, there's no denying that the words on this card are powerful. This does insane things. If you, in Magic, Cruel Ultimatum is backbreaking if it resolves. It does basically this, but in reverse, kind of. It ruins your opponent's life and not makes yours better. Um, mm -hmm. I think that the premise of this card lives and dies on just how slow the meta gets. Mm -hmm. And if a control druid deck can actually crop up and be successful. I don't know if it will. And that's why I'm hesitant to say like, oh my god, this card's amazing, or all oh, this card's terrible. Because... Yeah, if you hit this on your top deck in a control mirror, this card is gas. Mm -hmm. Or you're against aggro and you just die before it resolves. Right. Yeah. Fair, fair enough. Fair enough. Okay, that's fair enough. Should, uh, should we talk Malfurion real quick? Yeah, let, let's let's talk Malfurion. The Death Knights, they've been added because we had quested on Guru and now we're going to do these other weird legendary things that I'm not sure how great they are as a whole personally but alex what do, what do you think of uh malfurion the pestilent um seven mana gain 15 life get basically a a one a one shot a fiery war axe or better armor up like that seems pretty good i think the malfurion's pretty decent i think he's gonna go in basically every druid deck yeah i mean Here's the thing, right? Like, the spiders are, are interesting, and you see between that and Webweave, like, 
Blizzard seems to really value the the keyword poisonous, probably more than you know it'll deserve at this spot. Seven mana summoning two one twos, even if they are poisonous, I'm not sure how much that does for you. Yeah. Like it seems like there should be little things that can that can wipe out something with two health. But yeah, I mean, look, you get to cast in, in many ways like a mini feral rage every turn. Like you get three attack instead of four attack, but for one less mana, that's great. Or you get three armor instead of the the eight, but it's more efficient in its stats, right. and you can do it more often because it refreshes every turn. Like that, that all seems really good to me. Um, and and I do think the scarabs are going to be way more popular than the spiders. But I mean, it's a choose one ability, right? So team uh, combo that with Fandral. Let's have some spiders and some scarabs, guys. And choose one on the hero power. Let's get three attack and three armor during the turn. Have they no, they, I thought they verified that it doesn't work. Does it not? I, I don't remember. I don't remember. I, oh, I thought there was a discussion about this on the subreddit. Like, when it was announced. I don't remember off the top of my head. Because if it does work with Fandral, maybe that's kind of broken. It says so, use one it card. Says, so it would it would affect the initial battle cry being played, but not the hero power because hero powers are not cards. Okay, that's a, go. that's a good. So it doesn't affect the hero yeah. power, but still, getting the scarabs and the spiders is pretty nice. Like that's still a it's not as huge of an upside, but like I'll take two spiders when they're hiding behind taunts because that gives me a much better yeah. chance of. It depends on how how big your board the is. I... Well, yeah. You savage roar and kill them. Exactly. It's a lot. I like Malfurion the Pestilent, man. Yeah, I think he's pretty good. Okay. Okay, fair enough. We are going to move on to Hunter. Hunter. Uh, Mid-range Hunter, I think, is the only thing that exists right now. Yeah. Mid-range um, mid Hunter is the only thing that has existed. Base Hunter was a lie, an illusion. Quest. It was mid-range... It was mid-range hunter pretending to be aggro. Quest hunter made me sad because I loved that card. It was the first legendary and the first quest that I opened. And I was like, yeah, this is awesome. This is great. This is such a cool card. And then it was absolutely just not good. And anytime I ran into someone playing it, even in just like normals, I was always like, I'm there with you, buddy. It, I, I did not delete my quest hunter deck until like three weeks ago. Cause I was just like, I'm never going to play this. It's taking up a deck slot. Chase, it, where does Hunter go from here? What do, what do they do? What? Come on, I want to play Rexar some more. Well, well, first of all, if it makes you feel better, the first legendary I got was the Warlock uh, quest, so it could always be worse, Walter. It can this always be worse. Okay. Ryan Kibler has been rocking faces with that deck. This I think true. he got like a forty percent win rate with it last week. This, oh this man, is true. a whole forty percent. Forty percent. Yep. There you go. Broken as hell. Uh, look, I like, in general, this death rattle oriented hunter that we are starting to see them move more and more to as expansions go on. I I think that we we started seeing you know things like kindly grandmother, the fiery bat. Um, you know those are quintessential staples. Obviously, the Savannah high main is a huge death rattle thing. There are a lot of death rattle. Type minions, if you look at you know the infested wolf or the rat pack or whatever, we already have a lot of death rattle, and and what we have now are things like play dead, which are a little bit cheaper ways to to activate those death rattles. People have pointed out like, well, feign death wasn't played. Well, feign death was two mana, 
when you have two mana, as Rex are, you want to be hero powering almost every time. For one mana, that fits a very different point in your curve. Maybe that's enough. I'm not sure, but it has a better chance. Uh, absolutely. I think Corpse Widow, a four mana four, a five mana four six beast, decent stat line for something that could enable you to flood the board a little bit more with death rattle stuff. I think the Abomination Archer could be great, added of himself. You know, hey, seven mana six seven potentially get a one of your high mains back seems pretty darn good. Um, it, it's just really a matter of can Rexar scale a little bit more into the mid to late game. Because for any of these decks to succeed, you need to have enough time to maximize the value and make sure that you're consistently getting value over a, uh, over a broad enough set of your cards to win. And one of the reasons I think Hunter fell off towards the middle and the end of Ungaro is that the fast decks got faster and the slow decks did a much better job of getting that value. And so, so much of it to me is really going to come down to is something like, say, the Exploding Bloat Bat that does two damage to all enemy minions when it dies, or the Death, uh, Deathstalker Rexar Battle Cry. Like, is that enough? Is that enough to reset the board around the mid-game and allow you to start flooding all of these Death Rattle cards and getting that value back and then using something like Nazoth as a finisher? Like, can we get to that kind of hunter, not quite control hunter, a little bit longer scale of the game than mid-range, but, you know, kind of in between those spots. Is that, is that too ambitious, Alex? Am, am I hoping for too many things to come from uh, not enough cards here? I don't know. I think you're on the right track. Like, the Stalker Rexar has an AoE damage battle cry. He gets some armor. That's definitely something that Hunter lacks, like much like Rogue doesn't have any healing, neither does Hunter. They've always been skewed very heavily towards this aggressive, win-the-game-quickly play style. Um, and things like that are going to help them. Um, Build-a-Beast is an excellent value play like long into the game when everybody is like out of resources. You can just keep on pumping out dudes. Control Paladin's big thing is just, okay, here's a 1-1. And a one one, and a one one, and like sometimes you just win solely because you just press your button every turn. Right. This is going to be in a similar way, except you're not pumping out one ones. You're pumping out giant beasts with insane abilities. And that's going to be nuts. Um, Corpse Walker, Corpse Widow is going to be really cool. When on like turn seven or something, you're just like, high main coin high main, like you can do that on turn eight. Wait, high main's the seven? Six? Six. Six stop. Six, yeah, so yeah, high yeah. turn eight, yeah. High main, yeah, high turn, main turn, 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 yeah, turn, turn seven, you could coin out two high mains if the Corpse Widow was still on the board. New Call yeah. of the Wild, Kappa? <laughs> no, <laughs> I miss pre-nerf Call of the Wild. I'm gonna, if, I'm gonna be that guy. But if you want to meme people, if you really want to meme people, let me sell you high main tribal. You play Stitch Tracker and just get copies of your Savannah High Mains to then get brought back by your Abomination Archer Death Rattles. <laughs> 12, dude, 12 Rhino was a thing in cons. In a Drags the Tarkir standard. Yeah. Let's make let's make Savannah 12 High Main. I play Nazoth and get six more High Mains back. Like, yes. I mean, I mean, like, Tribal. Let's I mean, make it happen, internet. 
That'll be that'll be a disguised toaster Kibler deck like two months into the expansion. Just yeah. just on on like Kibler probably he'll be like, oh, this seems like this will be really funny to play, and he'll have like a thirty percent win ratio with it. But just that one moment where there's six high mains on the board. Oh man. <laughs> Now I know what I'm going to be doing at the start of this expansion other than playing Quest Mage. I mean, oh, it is, is is there anything in Hunter? I know, I, I just... There I don't... are a lot of cool tools. It's just how they come together and if they come together. Yeah. But, Hunter players, do not be afraid. Because Hunter was the premier aggro deck in slower metas. Because you have that hero power which can just constantly apply pressure. I don't necessarily know if it will be good enough, given how well uh, a lot of the other cards in the set will slow the game down and give um, and give your opponent more health, like through lifesteal and the armor from the Death Knights coming on, and things like bring it on in war, you're giving them 10 armor for 2 mana, which is insane, aside from its drawback. Like, maybe the Hunter Hero Power isn't going to be good enough to continue to be that threat that hunter of slow decks but that's what they've done in the past and hopefully that doesn't change and, you know, and what, if what not helps with that bear shark all hail not. the bear shark you can't frost bolt it but it it, it it could trade up bear shark I mean, yeah bear shark's that a has four, three for three. To up quite easily um and, I mean, you know, and if none of it works out there's always the quest deck and we can just play it and we'll be rank 25 and we'll enjoy our, our you know one cost minions and and going into battle and I'll, I'll see the three other people that play that deck in normals and it'll be fantastic it'll be great it'll be wonderful i'm trying to think about like what one drops i guess the wretched tiller could be fun like nothing there was nothing added in here that's the thing is like there are some classes where blizzard did absolutely nothing <laughs> to build upon quest for them in this expansion. And then other ones, you're like, oh. Okay. Well, <laughs> I don't know. Alex, anything else you want to say about Hunter? I know you kind of did your little, you know, keep calm. Maybe it'll work I'm out for you. I'm trying super hard to find it right now because it has a, like a really weird name. But okay. in the latest block from, uh, from Magic, there is actually just like a 4-3... Hexproof creature in green for three mana, <laughs> and I can't find it for the life of me. And has a difficult to spell name. So, so that's that's the bear shark is obviously Kibler telling the Hearthstone devs, listen, <laughs> make this card because it's kind of funny, and we'll make it half bear, half shark. That yeah, makes but sense. it's not it's not a tiger snake. No, it's not a tiger snake. All right, let's I, move on to I, mage. Can we just hold on before we move on? I want to pour one out for Professor Putricide. Uh, you were you were dead on arrival before we even had a chance to to mourn you. This five four out for four is just not good enough. It's not. Yeah. It's not. He's good dead. Enough. He's undead. Yeah. It's. I mean that's yeah. It's true. That's how dead he is. Is that he's undead? Uh, I should have seen that coming. I absolutely should have seen that coming. You can't play dead with him, though, so how undead is he, really? No one cares about Professor Putricide when you are, can be a mage player. Because, Fair. holy crap, did mage get better? Question mark? Wait, wasn't mage already good? Yeah, 
So, like, they're the best? They have the number one deck? Like... Yeah, so the number one deck for Mangoro in, in the Control Priest, in, I mean, uh, Control Mage, and then, of course, you have Freeze Mage, which is still a thing. And, oh, by the way, there have been several Aggro Mage lists that have been roaming around the middle of the, the standings. Yeah, well, and by the way, yeah, let's not forget Secret Mage or, I don't know, OTK Mage, which is a thing. No, 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 it's Exodia Mage, damn it. It's Exodia Mage. I don't care that the Hearthstone subreddit was complaining about us calling every one-turn kill deck an Exodia deck. It's an Exodia deck. Stop it. I I like the Exodia deck term for the new Paladin Death Knight a little bit more. But I'm happy to call it Exodia Mage. That's fine. You don't miss a little piece. It doesn't matter. Moral of the story is <laughs> that's the one deck that if you look through here, you know, immediately got better in a tangible, we know it will be better for having had this card way. Uh, mostly because we know that it has now, uh, you know, Ghastly Conjurer, which is a, you know, four mana, two, six, already decent stat line. Add a mirror image to your hand. You get even more defensive stats for that. It's going to be great against aggro, and it's going to give you a little bit more time to make that work uh, and give you that that free spell there. That, that's uh, how you build a wall right there. That card right there, that's value, and that builds a wall. It, it, it does <laughs> don't, help. Don't you bring that memory into my quest mage conversation. <laughs> I, I, I will say it's unfortunate that most of the other, like, uh, when, when it looks at, like, different generators of random cards um have mostly been minions like frost clone is minions so that's not going to apply for your otk quest um simul uh, simulacrum is something that i can't wait to see whether otk people end up using it i think it's a great way to get another sorcerer's apprentice from your hand so you don't have to worry so much about having the molten reflections maybe that's something like for one man at cheaper like maybe that's worth it um you have to set it up in a different way but it could be a thing uh, at the very least, you get that from like a primordial glyph, and you're feeling damn happy about it. Um, but you know, ultimately, it's you know, so many of these things, it just comes down to like, do you believe that elemental mage is going to be a thing? Because if so, like, you know, we already have the Pyros, we already have, you know, you, you can see some of them in some of the lower levels of the ladder, and now you have the Ice Walker, and having the ability to freeze something every turn for two mana seems pretty good. That seems like something that could buy time for a lot of your bigger value cards. Um, you know, Syndragosa is going to be... F I mean, th th there's there's a lot that, that could be in play here um, on, on control stuff, but it's just a matter of, you know, I feel like control would have to fundamentally change the type of control it's been right now. I mean, Alex, where do you think... Do you think that this is a new breed of control, or is this just kind of a slight kind of skin change for the control deck with what we got here? I think it's a skin change. I don't think that like, I don't think that control, um, like control mage changes very much. They'll throw Frostlich Jaina in there because that card is bonkers. Mm -hmm. But I don't think that they're going to go full on elemental. It blew my mind when I realized like, oh yeah, elemental mage is like kind of a thing, and she makes all the cards in your deck have life steal, which is nuts. <laughs> um, I'm not super high on. Simulacrum, simulacrum. Somebody get a Latin. Walter, do you not know any Latin experts to be on the pod for this specific thirty seconds? We need them. I, I do not. No, I, I don't. Oh. I'm not friends with very many, uh, many Latin studies majors. 
Make Nick the producer get on that. What is he doing now? Why can't we put him on Latin? Nick, Nick, like Nick the producer, is, is working on a very, very special project. I'll, I'll put All it right. that way. There's a reason that there's some doors back here. You know. okay. is, is he announcing the victory of the, of the Fantasy League? I feel like we well, she doesn't know. like talking about losing. Anyways, yeah. Yeah. um the <laughs> quest page, rejoice. I have a four drop. Um, some I feel bad for I feel bad for Sean. We're gonna get to their woes in a bit. That Frost Shock is now strictly worse than <laughs> than a Mage card, as is ought to be. Mm-hmm. Ice Walker seems dope. Glacial Mysteries seems really cool at first blush, but is eh. Yeah. Mage got some cool stuff. That's like the long short of it. Is that they got a lot of cool things, but none of it really feels like it's pulling me in a direction. Like, oh, let's make this a deck. Like, here's like a piece for this. Here's yeah, and it had for cool this. things that made their already good decks even better. That that's kind of what it comes down to. <laughs> I think Syndragosa might justify uh, Dragon Mage. Yeah, I you you wrote that down in the yes. show notes. So so. I just think Syndragosa is just a good card that you might be able to plug in to a deck anyways and, like, replace Medivh, maybe? Or, yeah. no, Medivh's too good? Okay. Medivh's too good to cut, but you okay. could, yeah, you could, like, plug Syndragosa anywhere. It's just, like, sin- turn 10, Syndragosa, ping my, uh, ping one Frozen Champion, get a Legendary on board? Oh, no, it's yeah. to hand. It's to hand. But, like, just having, like, a, a big card advantage, Legend, Dragon... I feel like that might be enough to be like, hey guys, we got like this, we got the Bone Drake. That's why, that's why. Because much how Control Paladin popped up after people realized how frequently you were getting like Tyrion and uh, <laughs> off, of off of Stonehill. Like <laughs> as soon as I saw Syndragos and Bone Drake, I'm like, oh. Are there any other point. mage dragons out there? And uh, another Spite Historian. Yeah, not in standard. Think about it. Not in standard. Uh, Kildara Drake is in uh, in wild, which somebody out there is thinking to themselves, how can I get like Kildara Drake uh, plus uh, whatever it is that makes your hero powers cost zero? I'm forgetting that card right now. And oh, then uh, using it with like uh, some icy touch shenanigans or, or, or um, you can you just know, kill them. Else. You can just kill yeah. your opponent at that point. That's fair. But it's speaking of Jaina. Yeah. Let's talk about Jaina. Oh my. Do we have to? Do we oh have my. to? This is a spicy card. This, this card is, is amazing. Card. This is an amazing I know, card. I know that these are all the things that I said about uh, Open the Waygate, but this card is like actually insane. Well, Open the Waygate turned out to be pretty insane in its own right, so. Yeah, I mean, like, the time, like, taking an extra turn is as broken as I thought it would be. Trust me, I play a bunch of Quest Mage. But. The path to getting there is hard. Yeah. Control Mage exists. We can survive until at least turn nine pretty consistently. Yeah, you can get and like three ice blocks. He's crazy. Yeah. I the question really to me becomes if you're playing Jaina and Sidragosa in your control mage, which seems like natural fits, well what are you cutting? Like are you cutting Pyroblast and you're saying we don't really care so much about having the burst because we have so much of the board now and we have so much card advantage now that we don't need the burst? Are you cutting, like you said, you're not cutting Medivh, but Medivh is a perfect example of a card that's all about churning value. Like, like, like what, what are you getting rid of 
because we can't have so much on the top end without making a deck that's so greedy you lose some of the consistency that we have now. I think I think you don't add Sinjagosa. I think okay. that you probably cut the Pyroblast and just play Frostless Jane instead and just grind them to dust. Yeah. Du or, so, or snow, because everything's ice at this point. <laughs> so so to me, it, it almost makes it like Frostless Jane is absolutely in there, but it does seem like there's some interchangeability with like Alexstrasza, Sindragosa, Pyroblast, Medivh. That being said... Antonitis in some decks... Chase, right. again, yes. you blew my mind when you pointed out pinging the, the Frozen Champion. Yeah. With Icy Touch. Like, turn 9, Jaina, turn 10, Sindragosa. Ping my dude. Random Legendary to my hand. Now I have an 8-8 eight, eight Dragon and a 3-6 Lifesteal Water Elemental. Holy! <laughs> oh my god! This card is insane! Yeah. The, the combo there could be huge. And, I, and maybe that's enough. You cut Pyroblast and Medivh and just assume, like, look, I can just ping all the things and i can constantly get these water elementals and water element i mean four mana three six like on its own is really good and then you give it lifesteal and it just seems absurd especially because it can freeze the big things i so so much of this could be fun uh, i definitely feel like it's going to push mage in that heavy control direction or the heavy combo in otk Freeze Mage, I'm very curious what happens to. Because it already felt like Freeze Mage was being a little bit... Um, not necessarily blocked out by Control Mage, but they fill a lot of similar kind of places. Yeah. You know, Control Mage was more grinding out the board. Uh, you know, Freeze Mage is, is more about making it so the board doesn't matter so much. But it, it just feels like... If Control Mage gets the reliability that we think something like Frostlet Jaina brings, and I think that it does, I'm not sure... Like, why you would play Freeze Mage over that, other than because Freeze Mage is always played, and we just assume that it will always work. Freeze Mage is a universal constant, like gravity. Yeah. yeah freeze, freeze Mage is always something that's going to exist, it's just that are, there will be things that overshadow it, and then when those things get figured out, you can always kind of fall back and just rely on, okay, well, you know, Frost Mage is a thing. Frost Mage is a thing that works because it interacts so well with everything. It's the Oriana of mage decks basically <laughs> man i feel like there's a missed opportunity to reprint ice lance just be like here oh, you go guys oh my <laughs> have, god have fun that Don't would kill be people awful if it was if it existed right now yeah well well this is why we have enemy minion on uh breath of sidragosa they're they're trying to forget about dealing free freeze damage to the face at least for now Wild, by the way, is going to get super fun oh after this God. expansion. I feel like there are so many cards here that could potentially just break Wild. Um, and I, I can't wait. You and Alex I... can have a Wild podcast some other time. I don't, <laughs> I don't care about Wild. I didn't play enough early on to care about Wild. I was going to say. All right. So hold on. So nine mana. So Frostless Jaina, nine mana, busted. Yep. Can I sell you guys... For the low, low price of three mana, Tyrion in your hand all the time. Yes, yes, it's it's time it's time to talk about Paladin now. And Alex <laughs> Alex like put this in bold in like seventy two point font. Howling Commander for Paladin always have Tyrion. Um the Alex, whole thing I said about Gwent consistency. <laughs> Alex, is it as good as you think it is? Yes, it's that good. 
I think it's that good. I think that's a really, really good card with Tyrion. Like, I thought about it for a minute. I'm like, okay, do you play two? Yes. Even yes. if the second one is, even if you're only getting Tyrion with this, and the second Howling Commander is like the worst thing you could possibly draw, yeah, still seems pretty good. <laughs> yeah. What about if you have more, more Divine Shields in your deck? Like Wicker Flame Burn Bristle? That guy's also insane. Yeah. 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 I'll take I, either of them at any moment. <laughs> It's, that's really going to be good. The, the only thing that that keeps me from saying, like, at some point you, you realize that Howling Commander works in a very particular style of deck. It works very well in the Control Paladin that we have right now because the only two cards that you would put in there that you'd ever want to draw with Divine Shield uh, is basically Tyrion and if you're playing Wicker Flame main deck, which not a lot of them are doing, but some people do, you get those two. That's guaranteed draw. There is another, like, there's the Divine Shield deck that they're pushing in this expansion. And the Divine Shield deck involves the Righteous Protector, which seems really good to me. Uh, like you, I mean, you basically get... Um, God, the, the one-mana one-one, whose name I'm forgetting. Ar Argent Squire. four Argent Squires. Just yeah. two of them have taunt. Yeah, and but hey, the two with taunt. Hey, hey, maybe this means that small-time recruits will be a good card. It could be, honestly. Like... Just because of the way that something like Righteous Protector deals with aggro, the, the fact that it has taunt, which means you have to trade into it and you have to ping it off rather than the other way around, that seems good to me. If, if aggro is a thing, then this, that does such a good job protecting it. Uh, I think the Desperate Stand works so well with Death Rattle, uh, with, uh, with Divine Shield cards because it's an and it's Ancestral Spirit um, that you can activate on your turn. So you know your Tyrion's going to die. Well, play that. Trade into it. Hey, Tyrion's back with Divine Shield. Uh, so you activated the redemption on... Uh, it's more of redemption on your turn, I guess. But it's got the cost of an Ancestral Spirit, which is fine. Like, I feel like that's fine. Um, because there are so many... Um, there are so many cards in, in Paladin that you would be happy just bringing back up with one health. Um, Bolvar, Fireblood is a thing that I don't... I mean... When does he trigger? Uh, after a friendly. A after a friendly. No, 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 I mean, okay. When when is a bad? When's a bad question? Where does he trigger? Uh, yeah, no, that's the concern. That playing a five mana one seven seems like a concern to me as well. I see where your problem lies. But but we have seen that like Blizzard and Team Five are learning. So is this just like a? If he's in your deck, buff him. If he's because the big problem with the original Bolvar was that he had to be in your hand, and then he got silenced immediately. Also, you're going to play him, and he's going to get silenced immediately. Sorry, Bolvar. You're better now. I still don't think you're good. Eh, I don't know. Seven, man seven toughness for five. Five man is pretty good. He could be yeah, good. That's, I hope he's it, good. I'd it's like only him to be good. On, the, on the board. So. Oh, no. Bad card. Yeah. No, it's, <laughs> Sorry, uh... Bolvar. It's, it's, it's way too slow. I mean, you're imagining at that point, like, you're looking at a deck that runs... Well, I mean, basically, you'd have to go to Wild, go, like, Muster for Battle, plus, um, you know, the 3-mana three 3-3 three, three that gives Divine Shield to all your minions with one health. And then, like, the next turn, you're trading all of them up, and you play Bovire knowing that you're getting all of that buff right away. But as you said, that he just gets silenced, and you're sad. Um... So, so I guess I, I guess the question is, do we think that enough of these other Divine Shield cards are good enough that it would limit the effectiveness? 
weakness of Howling Commander, or do we just ignore things like Righteous Protector on the whole and say that that's not not good enough because the cards that we can get instead are that much better? So, I think that there's a deck that right that Righteous Protector belongs in. It's not Divine Shield Paladin, and I don't think the deck is good. I don't yeah. think that's a deck. Quest Paladin. Oh. Do we believe? I mean, Do we believe? You saw the picture I posted on Twitter. I almost got my face stomped by Quest Paladin. <laughs> and then I took an extra turn and killed him. Yeah, well... <laughs> Did you see his board, though? Like, I could not interact with him. Yeah, I mean... It was clearly, you should have played Kazakus and gotten the Polymorph Ball and an Indian spell. Should have played around that. But, uh, uh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, look, Desperate Stand and Dark Conviction both feel like great target spells, right? They're pretty cheap, so they should be easy to play, if not quite on curve, at least near enough to the curve that you could hopefully be getting Galvadon at a reasonable time. Dark Conviction is, is something that I, I genuinely do believe we're going to see some value in, if only because we've seen now how much Sunkeeper Tarim just bringing certain cards to 3-3 three, three yeah. is super relevant. Um, I, you know, getting kind of a miniature version of that effect, I, I, it could be enough for a quest paladin to be at least no longer completely a meme. It just, it's still like the card draw is still the problem I have with, with any quest paladin deck. There isn't continuous, reliable card draw that means to you get to those points and like dark conviction on its own. The setting a minion to three attack and three health, is that worth what you're cutting to have that card in the deck? Is the Probably Desperate not. St- yeah. Desperate Stand, I think, makes a play. I know that people are saying, well, it's redemption for one more mana, but the ability to be able to control it on your turn, I think that's going to be good enough. The Murloc. You Desperate oh. Stand the Murloc. Oh. Because huh. then you get the Desperate Stand back. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I still think Quest oh. Paladin's bad, but that's, I just blew my own mind. That's interesting. That's yeah. actually very interesting. Okay. I didn't think about that, but yeah, that that's a very good point. Um, Memory aside, so I want to talk about Uther because like Paladin is just super memey this expansion, but I want to get like one little serious nugget in there, and it's Blackguard. Because this expansion, yeah. we get Lifesteal. As like a mechanic, the whole uh, suck, not succubus, pain mistress, mm-hmm. the whole pa- old pain mistress mechanic is coming back in a big way, and we're seeing a lot of control decks coming. So healing is probably also going to be, be a thing. Shh. Like in one sentence, do you think we'll see Blackguard like dunking, dunking guys left and right while you lay on hands yourself? Uh, in Trollden videos, yes. Um, in, in an actual standard environment, what are you cutting at the six cost spot? Because you're not, are, I mean, are you going to cut Spike Ridge Sun, uh, Steed? I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think you're cutting Sunkeeper Tarim. Like, you, you, you've got to decide. Is. Like, at some point, you're, you're having to decide what it is that you're going to make, you know, how you're making room for that package. And I'm not sure, like, I mean, maybe the answer is Primordial Drake. Maybe that you say like, look, I don't have to worry about the taunt so much because I have enough life gain now that I don't have to worry about protecting myself. And Primordial Drake wasn't dealing with aggro anyway, so he didn't really need it for that end of it. 
and the health back and getting to deal that random damage, and the right board state can be better than Primordial Drake for less mana. Like maybe that's the answer. I, I don't know, but you, you you're cutting something, and you're already fitting in, in that style of deck. You're fitting in the Death Knight Uther, so you're already cutting at least one thing to put that in there. So it it does feel like either you're shifting the style of deck that it belongs to into like a full on like life steely grindy kind of thing or you're cutting some of the top end stuff that right now we believe is just uncuttable because of the value that we believe it gets in the long run that's going to be the tough part for me is just figuring out where it splits but it it is it is a good card this card will be in a like top tier standard deck before it rotates out two years from now like that card is good it's just a matter of where we need more stuff to be printed well we need some of the things that are overpowered now to rotate out like i don't know but that is a good card it just needs to find the right deck for it fair but, enough uh, but yeah let's talk about serious, death knight because you have serious, mo serious moment over back to me marie <laughs> bring me to the apocalypse <laughs> i love this card I, I love it so much i want to play this plus auction master beardo and just make it happen man uh, how how many coins do you need to kill them? Um, I don't know. You have, to, so you, act, you, have to activate, you have to activate the four horsemen ability five times. That's ten mana. Yeah, and you need to get four resets off of Beardo. So, so you have and to act, play Beardo. So you need to spend it, thirteen mana. I don't think you have to do it the fifth time. I think it's once you have all four, like it's auto. It's oh like, yeah, no, yeah, you summon the. Okay, so you have, so, so you, you only have to activate eight. it four times. You need so 11. You need 11 and three resets. Yeah. Berkeley 11 bully. and three resets. Okay. Berkeley bully the turn before. So okay. you have a whole bunch of coins, in theory. And then use the coins to oh, yeah. reset like, the hero power with Beardo. Yeah, I know. Plus getting that more mana. So you can then kind of fudge some of the numbers that we're talking about in terms of just having the raw mana for it. Um, I... I mean, I think it's difficult because if Burgly Bully is down and they have the Death Knight, like, you just know you can't play spells. Please, for the love of God, don't give them so many free spells. But someone's going to make that mistake, right? Like, it's totally going to happen. It's just a matter of, like, is it consistent enough? And I don't think the Paladin's draw is consistent enough to make that happen quite yet. But maybe I, this I, is a deck that Blackguard plays in. Yeah, may maybe this is the deck. Yeah, maybe this is just the lifesteal and we buy enough time where we eventually grind you out and you can't deal with our tutus while you're dealing with all the other threats we're putting out on the board. Maybe that's enough. Like, that that's a, that's a solid point, especially because the 5-3 lifesteal weapon's immediately built into it. So deal 5 damage to something for basically nothing back, but then deal another 5 damage to a random enemy minion thanks to Blackguard at the same time? Those swings, you're basically swinging for 10 across potentially two minions. That hurts. That hurts really hard. Um, Send me the memes, boys. After, after this expansion losses on the 10th, I want to see your death and my Uther kills. God. Make it happen. It's so meme-y, and I want... Like, this feels like another Galvanon-style card where I wish it worked. But, like, man, if it works, it's, it's going to be so dumb in the best way, and I can't wait. I will. I, this will be what I will be doing. Is the second thing after this expansion drops, that will get the second most amount of my time. 
There's one meme I want to do before that. And we're getting as a priest, so I'm, I'm excited to talk about it. I'm, I'm glad you are. Someone should be excited to talk about priests. Oh, hold on now. Some, yeah. Someone should enjoy playing priest. Walter, you're an aggro player. Yes. I think it's time. I think it's time to have the, the aggro priest discussion. <laughs> because oh. we have Shadow Ascendant. Mm -hmm. Two mana, two, two. At the end of your turn, give it another friendly minion. Plus one, plus one. Okay. And happy goal. A three mana, three, three. That if you've been healed, is free. Yeah. Now, I'm pretty sure that there's a one drop from Angoro. It's like a one mana, one, two, battle cry, deal one damage to both heroes. Yes, that is that is true. So, we've existed in a world where aggro decks have played one mana, one, twos on turn one for a very long time, all the way back to the days of Face Hunter playing uh, the Worgen. I'm, I'm with you so far. I'm with you so uh, far. Turn one, you play this guy, you take one, they take one. Turn two, you heal yourself, drop two zero mana three threes and pass. Uh, also, okay. I just to bring this up, uh, because oh oh wait no, Shadow Bomber was in uh, Goblins versus Gnomes. Well, never mind. I was about to bring up a card that would have made it even more. Oh great, more wild conversation. Beautiful, I'm, I'm, wonderful. Wait 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 wait. What about uh, the 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 Spawn of Shadows? Isn't that Spawn Whispers? Uh, yeah, Spawner Shadows should be able to do it. Uh, there you go. There you go. Fixed it. Not a single problem was had. Yeah, that seems four, yeah, four damage to each, uh, each hero yeah. every time you use your Inspire. Oh, wait, no, it's, it's, uh... Oh, sorry. it's Inspire. Yeah, TG2. Ah. Never mind. Well, look, it's, it Back still has world, some... Yeah, yeah, look, it's, it still has some things. I, I think that Dark Cultist giving the plus three health will always make your, your board stick. It could be a mid-rangey thing. Or looking at, you know, you look at the lifesteal of the Accolade Agony, that's guaranteeing that you're getting the heal without actually having to spend your curve healing your guy. Like, there, there are ways around it. Spe you know, Spirit Lash is something that will almost certainly be played uh, just because, you know, Maelstrom Portal, but with a whole bunch of lifesteal attached to it. Um, even if it is you know, a, a dual-sided effect where your minions take the damage as well. Like, I, I think that it has value. You just get double um, lifesteal then. That's all that is. You get more lifesteal. You yeah, damage well, your minions for more life. I, I like that. That's a very warlock thing to do. Yeah, it's a very, um... It, we'll it get could to them later. Much, yeah, warlock, it's, uh... It's, it, it gets, that's for sure. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, look, I, I think a lot of this priest expansion in, in, in all reality is about like this mid-rangey version of the game. Uh, you look at Eternal Servitude as something that I absolutely love in a mid-range style deck. Discover a friendly minion that died this game. I get to discover, which gives me much more certainty on what it is I'm bringing back. Play something like Barnes to get a big drop from my deck. It is 1-1, one, one, it probably dies, but now I have the Eternal Servitude to then bring it back at full health. I get a Ysera that way, for, for instance. Like, there are some fun things you could do with that to really ramp up the pace of the game and get some of these control cards snuck out there. I want to believe that Shadow Essence can be a thing. 5-5 five, five copy of a random minion in your deck. Play things with insane abilities. 
uh, and just get a 5-5 copy of them. Kind of Maybe you do it in a deck that's kind of like the anti-Shadow Visions, where it's where you, like you only play a couple minions, so you're guaranteed to get one of the ones you need to go combo crazy. Mm-hmm. Maybe you play that and you get Lyra, and you, it's, it's Lyra's in your deck, the two guys that reduce the cost of spells, and you cast Shadow Essence, you get your 5-5, and you start spamming all of the cheap spells, and you go off in some like weird combo, janky combo-y thing, knowing that you still have the second Lyra in your deck safe and sound. I don't know. Um, it's it's it feels like mostly memes. Like okay. I, I think it's safe to say, devour mind is is memes. Uh, I think it's safe to say that Archbishop Benedictus, which is my Instacraft on day one, <laughs> I'm I'm in love. You're a terrible person. You're a I, terrible yes, person. I am, and it's gonna be a great time. We're gonna have a great time memeing the hell out of people by just taking their deck and going full on reform adventure mode on it oh that looks like a good deck i think i'll take it and then you know combo that with something like a, you know some full meme like let's I, like my dream in, in my heart of hearts is to get archbishop benedictus from a uh, renounce lock and play renounce darkness to change his deck into a random thing plus my deck thrown in there of all randomy kind of spells and just have the most fun, terrible game of all time. That's that's my dream right there. And you can't take my dream away from me, Walter. So you can be as cynical want, as but you can't take my dream. Do you want to renounce dankness? What do you think of embracing it? Oh my goodness. I'm I, like the, the what do you think about like the six mana slow roll mind control? Like jokes aside, do you actually think that could be a good card? In the right meta, yes. My concern is that there are a lot of cards, especially as we have things like Death Rattles and Life Steals, that should make Silence more of a thing. And, you know, you silence the thing that, it, that you're trying to embrace darkness with. That's, that, you know, so there's some counterplay in there. Um, though, if you copy something that has a Death Rattle of its own or some powerful ability on its own, forcing them to silence it seems pretty good for you. Um, so that alone maybe has a little bit of value. I, I, I think the problem with it is just it's six mana... Like, that's usually a turn in which you're trying to do something like Dragonfire if you've lost the board. Like, what is a situation where they have, like, one big thing that you want to take and you don't want to, like, Shadow or Death and get a board of your own? You don't have to worry about, like, clearing the board because there are a lot of things outside of just the one thing. Like, there's a reason Corruption isn't played, right? Like, Like, slower cards like that in Hearthstone have yet to have found any significant play. So I just, I I don't know. I want, like, it would be cool. It would be really cool if it could work. But I, I'm just trying to think of, like, where it would fit. Like, again, what are you cutting in a control priest? Which is the deck that you like. Are you taking away the mind control at the top of your list, which is really just there because you got the 10 drop with Medivh and it can be, like, a like super swing? Is this enough that you're willing to take like a like a slower six mana swing? I I don't I don't know. I mean, what what do you think? You 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 have a little bit more experience with just coming from Magic with these kind of mind control y effects. There's not really another great comparison other than mind control for this in Hearthstone. So, can, based on what you know about Magic, is this powerful enough at six mana? 
Probably not. I was curious to see where you came down on it, because, yeah, like, you embrace darkness, their guy, and then they either, like, kill their guy, they silence their guy. But maybe, like, in Arena... Maybe. I was just curious to see where you came down, because I'm like, oh, huh, six mana, six mana mind control. Okay. Yeah. How about Obsidian Statue? Like, that seemed... That and Death Knight and Win, who we'll get to in a second, like, seem to be the two big bright spots, at least in my opinion. Where do you come down on Obsidian Statue? Uh, Obsidian Statue could be good, man. I, like, that just does... It does so many things that you want in a card when you're when you're playing your entire turn around because for nine mana that's your whole turn um you know it's not like you can hero power afterwards and there aren't so many one drops that you're looking to play on like a turn 10 uh behind this but you get the taunt which is great against you know a some sort of like mid-rangey board that you're probably going up against at this time the lifesteal is a great way to get back into it but more importantly, even if your opponent removes it, well, you get to destroy a random thing. Now, that's probably not going to be great against something like a Paladin, for instance, where, okay, you destroy maybe one of his 1-1s one if the RNG's roll goes bad against you. Um, but if we're looking at more a more controlly style meta, right, which is the kind of thing that we're talking about, these decks could slow down. Destroying a random minion, if those minions are, are of average value or better across the board, you know, something that's significant enough that it would draw a removal spell otherwise, like, it, it, it has this upside, but even the base level is not bad against a good chunk of the classes. Um, so much of this, again, is going to come down to, like, how prevalent is silence. Because if silence is super pre uh, prevalent, then... Like, Obsidian Statue is just too much of a risk. You don't get any immediate value off of it. And as we found in Hearthstone, so many of these decks rely on, well, do I get immediate value? Or is the value so high on the upside? You know, like, stealing a random enemy minion with Sylvanas meant that it, you know, that made sense. This is destroying it, which... It's, it just... It feels like to me is going to be a card that's going to be later on in the set once it makes this full-on transition into a much slower playstyle, where people aren't going to be wasting a card slot on something like a side, you know, something that has silence or something because it's just either you don't need it or it just doesn't fit into a deck very well. I don't know. It. it I feel like we're going to be in this weird overlap for the next couple weeks where. There, we're going to have this residual of, like, the aggro that came from uh, Ungaro into all of this, where it's all about slowing it down, and then eventually people are going to go, okay, well, now we need to play more mid-range, now we need to play more control, now we need to play slower stuff that has bigger endgame-type cards, because there's too much stopping us if we don't kill someone by f turn four. Like, that type of thing. And that means that Obsidian Statue, then, as the games go later and later it has more va as the meta shifts to this later and later time frame and your late game becomes longer then to me that fits a little bit like it it's a better fit in that type of meta where maybe they wasted a spellbreaker earlier they wasted a silence earlier or they wasted their hex earlier on on something that was a little bit more dangerous like this feels like a card that you're playing on turn like 13 maybe 14 like later on in the game yeah I just, I, you know, I was excited about this card until I had to explain why I was excited about it. And then I remember that nine mana cards that don't do anything immediately are never played in Hearthstone. 
Like in the history of Hearthstone, we have never seen a nine mana card that did not have an immediate battle cry or effect of value played. It just it because it just takes up your whole turn and, and you don't have a great way to maneuver your mana slots accordingly. Uh, you can't hero power afterwards. You can't try to set up some other thing. Mm-hmm. I, I if this was at eight mana, it'd be broken. I think at nine mana, it's fair, and that's why I don't think it'll see play ultimately. <laughs> Car is fair, not good for constructed. Yeah. Oh, in, in arena though, this thing is gonna mess some people up. Like, oh my god, in arena where you don't have that reliable silence, you don't have an easy way to deal with it. Like, if you get obsidian statue, you're just gonna watch this person you tried to to nail down just heal all the way back up off of this life steal, and then it kills your board after. It's just a giant middle finger. Like Stonehill like, Defender. Yeah, Stonehill Defender. Oh, that's a great point, too. If I get this off of a Stonehill Defender, I'm a lot happier about it. That's a, is Priest that's gonna, a really good point. Is Priest going to start playing Stonehill Defender just to high roll the Obsidian Statue against people? Oh, my God. Is this the world we live in where just, like, every single taunt that gets printed is like, oh, man, Stonehill Defender is, like, insane. Oh, God. It's totally in play. Why isn't Bar- uh, Archbishop Benedictus a 4 6 with taunt just so I could get him off of a Stonehill Defender? <laughs> that's all I. Come on. Because you're a priest player and you don't deserve anything. Ah, well. Look look at Anduin. Even Anduin's angry. He's a priest. Hey! Can can we, yeah, let's talk about Anduin. Anduin seems really good to me. Eight mana, kill everything that matters. (laughs) Plus, a hero power of deal two damage, and by the way, you can do this a whole bunch if you have spells for it. Talk about another Burgly Bully deck. Oh my goodness. Even Lyra, Lyra, <laughs> Elemental, Elemental Priest. That's where this Ele- fits. Elemental Priest. Why does Angoro keep on getting better every single card? <laughs> like every single card we talk about in Frozen Throne, we keep on going back to Angoro and being like, "Oh man, this card's actually super insane." This is like half half Frozen Throne commentary, half uh, Angoro retrospective. I mean, isn't it great that Blizzard created a second set that was actually kind of furthers the ideas of the first set in a year? Listen, listen. Like, isn't that a crazy way to design cards? Well, we had a whole history of a wait, game. Wait, wait, did they do anything to further anything they did to Druid or Hunter from Unguro in this pack, in this set? No, they didn't. I mean, no, they did. No, no they okay. didn't that- really. Do you want a more powerful Jade Druid? Is that something you want? Probably not. I don't want a more powerful priest deck. Hunter, Hunter, on the other hand, is just a big, long, class fantasy con. It's like, (laughs) Hunter, Hunter, you got your tracker. You got to go find your way. Here's a bunch of stuff. Make it happen. Every expansion, I believe Blizzard gets in a circle and is like, so this time control hunter's a thing, right? Like this time for sure. And we're gonna be like eight expansions down the line and they're like, no, but this time for sure though. Well, well mid-range hunter's like, like Savannah Hymane rotated two sets ago. Well, what do we do? Well, there is one thing we are absolutely certain of when it comes to Blizzard. Miracle Rogue will always be a thing. Death yeah. Tax is a Miracle Rogue. The yeah. three certainties of life. Yes, yes it is. Alex, Miracle Rogue has survived forever. So if I didn't want to play Miracle Rogue, and I'm not going to play Quest Rogue anymore because it became a dumpster fire, uh, what do I do? What do I do if uh, I want to play Rogue? 
We play the other pre-annual rogue deck, aggro. Like, that. that's it, boys. You play Miracle, you play aggro, you either play Miracle Rogue, aggro Rogue, or you... Why are you playing Rogue? Hey, um... Is there... Do we need to have the pal? Do we need to have, like... I know that Sunkeeper Tarim, like, and a hydrologist made Paladin really good, especially after in Angoro. Here we go with more Angoro retrospective. Like, I know that our Angoro look on Paladin was really like, is this card good? No. Is this card good? No. Is this card good? Hopefully. Mm-hmm. That's the high point, is hopefully. I feel like we're kind of at the same point with Rogue, except here it's not like, oh my god, what do they do? Because we have the answer. You play Miracle. Well, so like, here's the thing. I think they genuinely believe that they have created a scenario in which people are going to want to play a a more board-centric rogue. I Look at Plague Scientist. It's a perfect example of a card that they have created believing that this fixes rogue's hard removal problem. You play a cheap thing, they play a big thing that you're afraid of, you play the Plague Scientist on a combo, and you get to kill the big thing because you just gave out Poisonous. That seems good. You know, we have the weapon from the the card from the last expansion that gave your weapon poisonous and now you have doomerang so you could throw it at that minion without having to take the damage yourself and you get to kill the thing it comes back to your hand then you replay the weapon that you want that seems good uh shadow blade if we're gonna go for like you know oh but we're afraid that we don't have the the life that we need well now you're immune during the turn in which you play it so that's you know, a, a three mana, I take no damage, you know, a three mana, I take no damage this turn, and I get to deal three damage to a creature. That seems like it could be good. And then you doomerang it, and then you get to play it when it's a 3-1 again, and now you get to be immune two turns in a row. That, I mean, that doesn't actually sound good, but it it's, sounds like a thing you could do. Like, it's, even, it's a, like all of these, like, I'm describing all of these, like, weird convoluted things. So, so and what about I'm realizing this? That, yeah. What about this? I could just play Miracle. Pirate <laughs> really Rogue. About it. No, stop it. Pirate no. Rogue. No. Yeah, let's go Pirate no. Rogue. Let's go Pirate Rogue. Come on. Why? Why? That, that's why I said you play Miracle or Aggro. Yeah, so play Pirate. What yeah, pirates aggro. have been added to this? Like, what, no, what you, are st- we... you still have all your one drop pi- like the You play the Pirate Package, yeah. you're just Rogue. Yeah. Like, that's you play it. a bunch of Pirates. You uh, have nothing... your weapons. You have the that Plague Scientist. There you, you go. Know, no, Plague, no, Plague Scientist is bad. Plague I, Scientist is an arena card. Thank you. Am I, thank am you. I silly for thinking that four mana Phantom Freebooter, if you have a like a four mana, well, no, because four mana four five for the Druid stats. Never mind. That's dumb. I take it back. I was trying I was trying to get fancy and I was wrong. So I apologize <laughs> for that diversion there. I, I, I think the Plague Scientist could be better than we think it is just because... Anything that, like, 3-mana 2-3 isn't bad for the stats, and poisonous that you can control seems good. I yeah. just think it's situational, and, and I think... not good. <laughs> that makes it not good. That's fair. Like, it's, it's, under, it's understated for its cost. It relies on you to not only have a dude on board, but also play something ahead of it. It's like, okay, so it's a 3-mana 2-3, so it's terrible on turn 3. Yes. So you have to play a spell before it to make it good. 
Okay. And you have to have a person, you have to have a body in play. Like, I understand that, sure, if those conditions are met, you can kill, like, a boulder fist ogre with it. And I will not refer to anything more more valuable than a boulder fist ogre in this scenario. Or you just keep on doing what rogues have been doing for all eternity and play SI7 agent, which even now they're not doing. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I want to play but, Pirate. Uh, I, got, I got really excited for Roll the Bones until I realized that card was terrible, too. <laughs> yeah. Roll, like, I oh, mean, man, think of all the cards I can draw that are all bad. No, here's what you do. You play uh, Roll the Bones in a deck with all Death Rattle cards, and then you draw your right. whole deck and you lose. <laughs> but, it's, but you get to fully storm out, so it's fine. Or you could just play a deck with Roll the Bones in it and lose anyways. That's... Just in not such a grandiose fashion. Are you saying okay. that the bone okay. baron doesn't do enough death rattle wise to, to justify how a death how much do those skeletons cost? I bet those skeletons are two mana. I they're one mana, I believe. One mana one one. Just like what happens when the uh um blah blah blah. Uh the paladin guys go back to your hand. Okay. If I remember the card correctly. But yeah, I mean a one mana one one to your hand is not ideal. It's not great. Combo enablers, guys. Remember Pit Snake? Yeah. That's a good point. Well, yeah, I, I, I remember like, it. Even, like, it's even not being spectral, played now, but she, you know. Even Spectral Pillager. Like, I looked at that card, I'm like, oh my god, this card's going to be insane and miracle. You play a bunch of spells and dome your opponent. But even that card is bad. Because <laughs> what, cause what, what are you replacing in the Miracle Rogue deck with that card? Yeah, what are you cutting with that? And also, how many cards do you need to play for Spectral Pillager to be good? Too many. Yeah. You need Just to play. About it. Usually like you're eight. going off. Like, usually you play your uh, Auction Master, like, on six, mm -hmm. and then you just go off with all your free spells. Like, you coin to get some mana, you prep to play a spell for free. Like, you don't have this huge win, like, huge margin of mana in which to, like, dick around and then slam your opponent with Spectral Pillager. You play your Auction Master, you go off, you kill them on the next turn. That's how Miracle does its job. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's it's really tough because these, so many of these cards I want to be good, and yet so many of them I feel like they're just not, and I, I yeah here here's one thing, can I, can I pretend for a moment, that like a burgle rogue, with the ethereal peddler, plus Liliana Voss plus, you know, whatever other Burgle cards you want to include, like a Swash Burglar. Probably not playing... Like, we've decided Burgle is bad, but, like, other cards in the Burgle Rogue deck. Like, can this be more than a meme, or is this, like, even with, like, Shaco or whatever, like, this is just full-on full on memes, and it's just... It's the meme dream, dude. It's the meme dream. Like, yeah. you're replacing spells in your hand with random spells from your opponent's class. Like what are you what are you hoping to get with this? A class that's what? better than rogue in a mid-range deck? <laughs> oh, hold on. Hold on. I know that I'm like doom and gloom-ooing here about what they're getting this expansion, but like rogue is still good. Like miracle rogue is perfectly fine. They're not yeah. losing anything. They're not gaining anything here, but well, they are gaining one thing. The well, theoretically, uh Valera the Hollow 
Tempo looks like that could be a good card, man. Like, each time you play a card, transform your Shadow Reflection into a copy of it. Like, that's a, like, guaranteed combo value, guaranteed um, Miracle Rogue value. Life are certain. Death, taxes, and Miracle Rogue. Embrace your savior. Yeah. Valir of the Hollow seems really good to me. Especially because you get you get the stealth to guarantee that you can actually combo off the next turn since your hero can't be attacked, which is really valuable. Okay, yeah, that you can do a like, lot to set that up. That, that works. And shadow That's reflection. Weird. I mean, getting that every turn seems good. That seems yeah. very good to me. Like getting a free. Actually, you'll never you'll never get a free. Yeah, you'll never get a free prop. It, this will never copy copy preparation. No, I no, won't. but you could, but you could get uh, eviscerate. I mean, oh yeah, eviscerate coin. Wait, 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 wait. You could prep, prep. Oh no, because you can all, no, because it doesn't go infinite. No, it doesn't. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. Never mind. Uh, Never mind. Please, <laughs> please prep, prep. <laughs> prep, 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 prep coin. Prep, Do prep, it. Coin seed. <laughs> Maybe I'll do that the next time I play Miracle and I just have to lose. But look, Shadow Reflection, I mean, this is the other thing that, like, people have brought up and I I could see happening. Valera the Hollow with something like Mally Rogue, which is a kind of a, almost a kind of weird version of Miracle that was popular, like, a year ago. But you get Mally Rogue, and if you have the Mally Ghost on the field and it lasts there, maybe you cheat it out with Barton's or, or whatever else, or... You know, however you get it out there, you have the shadow reflection. So now I have a nine mana eviscerate that then gives me another nine mana eviscerate with the shadow reflection. Or damage. you get the damage. Nine, nine so, mana eviscerate is bad. Eviscerate, excuse me. So you get like all of these like huge damage spells that you can have a guaranteed copy of. So you guarantee yourself that extra bit of gas. You don't have to worry about like, oh, but I had to spend a couple of things to get oh, to oh, that. Okay, well, but now I have. Let's but here's the thing, like, here's the thing. So you you play Valera on turn 9, you play Maligos on, like, turn 10, and you just pray that they don't have anything to deal with your Maligos at all. That's basically what you're praying that entire deck on is, I'm going to play Maligos on turn 10 and hope that if you're a priest, you wasted all of your cards and you can't do anything well, about this. Or priest can't really mage, target it because dragon plus 4 attack. So yeah. you're fine against priest. Yeah. Priest is like the one guy that actually has nothing to interact. He even goes under Anduin. Yeah. You could you could inner inner fire and. I mean, sure. Whatever. Yeah. Fair like, Fair you, like, but like you have ways. It just seems so convoluted to just be like, all right, this is literally the only play in my deck that's gonna win me the game. But I guess that's kind of miracle rogues thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so. I, I think here's, you are you are very here's much. Here's a grim prediction. Here's a grim prediction before we move on. Mm -hmm. Valera the Hollow might not get played. Yeah, I don't think she is. Like, look, like, think of all the things that she can do. Think of like how good all of that seems. But I think that ultimate, like ultimate infestation, we might just like never see this card in yeah. a serious thing. But that happens. No. Yeah. Ma Here, I'm gonna make one more case for you about Valera okay. the Hollow. So you get Valera the Hollow down. You then get. You play Maligos on turn 10, Sinister Strike, you, uh, or, yeah, hold on, no, you got a coin first, then Sinister Strike, you get Shadow Reflection, so another Sinister Strike, that's 16 damage the turn that you played Maligos, 
without having to rely on any prey. All you need is one coin to make that happen. Don't have to worry about any preps. You know, like if you have a prep of this raid on top of that, like, like you could, like if you have enough of the cards in your hand, the combo pieces, you could kill it in one turn because you now have Shadow Reflection getting you that extra second spell, that one more burst that you need. I, 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 I see why you're hesitating. If, I see if have, why if you it's... have an Alagos, again, internet, make it happen. Make Chase's dreams a reality. Play Valir the Hollow, play Malagos, murder people with Sinister Strike. Please. Because I, I want it to be good too. I want all the cards we're talking about, even the ones that I'm dumping on, I want them all to be good because if, like in, in Magical Christmas Land where every card is good, Every card's good! And yeah. every, like, you just get to have fun playing. Or you get to have a miserable time because you can't put what your opponent's on and play around it accordingly. <laughs> and that's why you need a hierarchy of cards, kids. Yeah. It's, uh... Rogue is either going to be super fun to play, or we're going to hear a lot of Rogue players complaining that the class never changes and they're tired of Miracle, and when are they going to get another play style? Uh, that Blizzard doesn't I'm just kind of half-ass. I'm going to bet money on the second one. And then Blizzard rotates Gadget Sand and all the rogue players are like, but wait. <laughs> wait, now we have nothing. Now what, now what do we do? Pirate Rogue. That's what I'm saying. Pirate Rogue. All right. Let, let's pivot to the other end of the curve. Yeah. Let's talk some Murlocs. Shaman. Shaman. Well, okay. You, you say Murlocs. That's what you have in the notes. Can, can Quest Shaman step in? All right, sell me on it, because I don't think that the quest that quest shaman like I don't think the quest is all that good. So, can I say that again? I think that the meta is going to slow down, like <laughs> a lot. Honestly, I don't know if pirate warrior is going to be able to is going to be able to keep up because that deck is literally speed and nothing but. Like there is no consistency to that deck. Aside, like it's con it is consistent in the same way that burn is consistent in magic. When every deck, when every card in your deck is lightning bolt, how how can you not how can you not punt? Exactly. Or how can you punt? Mm -hmm. Every card in Pirate Warrior hits face, so how can yeah. you not deal damage to them? Right. But they don't have any card draw. Like if they lose by not their opponent killing them, by them not having enough cards to kill their opponent anymore. And I think that the Frozen Throne meta is going to slow over the game down to a point where either Pirate Warrior has the nuts and kills you, or they lose. And that's how so Pirate Warrior is anyways. You either I, win by I turn know, 7 I mean, or like, you lose gonna, anyways. So it's... But like that's going to happen more frequently. Yeah. The meta is going to slow down, and yeah. the percentage of games that you just steamroll your opponent is Pirate Warrior is going to go down, I think. But like they're, they already exist in a pretty tech against the meta, so... Maybe the numbers don't change for them. But if they do, where do aggro players go aside from home? They either play aggro hunter and hope that the hero power can provide enough pressure to, to get them there, or they need to find another fast, like another deck that's fast or resilient. And I think that Murloc Shaman could be that deck, oddly enough, because you have... Um, Megafin. You have Megafin, who is way above rate as far as his stats are concerned, but that's a quest reward for you, boys. You can complete the quest super quick. And with something like Ice Fishing, 
that's just drawing you more threat. Not not even just drawing you random cards off the top of your deck that you don't want. It's drawing you Murlocs. It is mm-hmm. drawing you your win conditions. Yeah. Like that that could be that could be the correct combination of resilient threats in ice fishing getting you more dudes, in primal fin hunter getting you more dudes, in uh, Megafin getting you more dudes, in Neptalian getting you more dudes, that you just burn out your opponent's removal. It's like, yeah, we might be on turn twelve, but you don't have any more answers, and I have a board full of Murlocs still. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, how are you going to kill me when I can freeze you with my burlock and I can keep drawing things that are going to keep building up the the board and ice fishing and you're gonna, I'm going to I mean there's a lot here that I I think is going to give them the time to activate the quest for sure. And then once you've activated that, well now you have a full thing of cards in your hand. It's like how well how much AoE are you running? And one of the things that we saw like like Defile and Spirit Lash are, are both AoE cards that we'll almost certainly see a ton of play. We'll get to Defile in a bit. But if you can get past those initial ones that they're really going to be one to play on curve so that you're not just purely aggroing them down, well, how many of those are they running? Because if you can flood the board again and again and again and again, like how many classes can keep up with that level of, of board state? And the answer is Warrior can do it, which is going to, like, Warrior is still going to be a tough class for them, especially with everything Warrior just got. Uh, Mage can do it, but none of the Mage decks right as they exist now are built to deal with the with it as many times as they're doing it. The rest of the classes are really going to struggle to deal with that kind of board. Um, and then you still have, like, General Megasaur and Bloodlust. So even if you do just, like, the board you have is just a board full of 1-1s, one you still, like, General Megasaur, Bloodlust, Bam! Yeah. Bloodlust is really good. Like, this could yeah, be... Murloc. Murloc could be the way that uh, that token stuff goes nowadays. And in, in all reality, like, there's a lot of stuff that, you know, the, the Evolve Shaman did not get any worse right. in this particular expansion. Evolve so got strictly better, but we'll get well, to that. Well, uh, the one thing about Evolve Shaman that we do have to remember is that Evolve is a one-mana card. So if the Geist... If Evolve Shaman's doing well, well, now Shrieking Geist will be a thing. And they'll just get rid of your ability to evolve. Because That's again, Shrieking Geist is the kind of like anti-tech card that ruins like two other things than the one it was trying to tackle in the first place. I, I don't I think that the Death Knight will handle that, but again, we'll we'll get to we'll get to him later. Yeah. Do we uh, let's talk about Freeze Shaman, because this is clearly the thing that they are pushing. That's that's clearly where these cards went. Snow Fury Giant, for instance, is is just giant, but costs one less for frozen minions. Cryostasis is freeze the thing, but make it stronger. Avalanche is freeze the thing and then kill other things. You know, Voodoo Hexers and uh, and Murabi are the two where you can see like clear value. Um, I think someone, as someone described on Hearthstone, you know, Voodoo Hexers when a Water Elemental and a Ally Smith Armor Smith love each other very much. Like that. You realize this card had taunt. Yeah, I, yes. I, I literally thought it was just like, okay, this is water elemental, but different. I didn't realize it had taunt. Holy yeah, that, yeah. The, the taunt could make it legitimate. And Murabi, the, the thing that, you know, six mana, four, four, like, hi, missed caller. I miss you too. But like, I also realized that that was that, that six mana, four, four is just too slow. But it is when another minion is frozen. It doesn't have to be yours. So if you want to freeze your opponent's biggest threats, 
you can almost make it like a, a priest style, like stealing your win condition and using it against you and freezing things long enough to get to accomplish that. I don't think it's strong enough. I, I, I think that in general, a lot of these cards are just too inconsistent to get the, enough value to justify it. Uh, Alex, is there anything like, like I, I already saw you shaking your head. So are you completely out on, uh, on free shaman as a concept? Is it just not there yet? Like, where do you stand on it? As, Again, like as far as new archetypes are concerned, we have certainly seen one start off on shakier ground. Hi, Taunt Warrior. <laughs> Welcome back to the show. Um, my issue here is that there's no there's no blizzard effect. There's no frost nova. Mm -hmm. Like, and think about every single thing that Shaman has that freezes. Like currently, I'll give you a hint. It's frost shock. That's yeah, it. That's like it. The, this was this isn't even like well, the whole enrage warrior mechanic that we'll get to later, where that kind of thing is just kind of like always existed in some like primordial form that's just been waiting to come out of the Angoro Crater. Hi, Angoro Crater. Welcome back to the show. <laughs> uh, but before this, they had one free thing that for froze minions. Now they have Burlock, which is another thing that freezes a minion. Uh, they have Voodoo Hexer, which could freeze several minions if you're lucky. Uh, you have Avalanche, which freezes a minion. You have Cryostasis that freezes the minion, and that's it. Yeah. So, from what we've seen from, like, Dragon decks, you need, if you're a really greedy Dragon Priest, you'll play six Activators. But you have all these payoff cards that get you more... Yeah, like you have Nether Spite Historians, which are effectively dragons. You have like Ysera that can give you more dragons in a pinch. You have like I don't think that you have the critical mass of stuff to make the archetype work. And I don't think that the pieces that we have currently make the archetype work. Like I think that Icebreaker could be good eventually. Not now, but eventually. Yeah. Um, the fact that Avalanche doesn't freeze the adjacent minions is really or damage not the one that you target. Like, yeah. Avalanche is such like a weird such a weird weird card and like I don't think it does enough damage for what it does Yeah, Avalanche is the one card that I feel like I could be completely whiffing on like if, if, if a month from now Avalanche is like a really high played card I'm going to look at it and be like I don't like, I, like right now I don't see it but it does enough yeah. things like you know freezing a minion is good dealing three damage to two minions is good like I mean, multi shot is four mana and hunter. And sure, multi shot doesn't get played very in very many metas, but deal three damage to two things like that was random. Like this is better than that in theory. Dealing like, three damage to two minions like that's two lightning bolts in one card, but it's like weirdly aimed. Like it's like the anti meteor positioning almost. Or like, actually, it's a lot like meteor positioning. A meteor's played. But freezing a thing isn't as good, good. as killing. Yeah, because freezing a thing isn't as good as 15 Dealing health. 15 with... But, like, for two less mana, you still get the... I don't know. I, 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 I Like, right now, I think it's not good. But there's some part of me that's saying, you're missing this. You're missing the board state that this works with. Because I'm just not visually seeing how those things line up. 
I, I, have, a, I have a more lighthearted question because I kind of agree with you on Avalanche. Like, because it's so weird in how it functions, like, the initial reaction is, like, this card's bad. Mm-hmm. But if, yeah, if in a month, like, every shaman's playing it, I'd be like, okay, I'm not sure how we got here, but sure. Yeah. I have a, I have a more lighthearted question for you. Please. And to follow up, a, a reason why Freeze might feel super weak right now. What right does Christos, this cryostasis have being epic? <laughs> like, I, what world do we live in where this card is epic? And also, what world do we live in where this card is good? Like, I mean, where do you play this? This is Why do you play this? This is one of the more fascinating cards to me because it goes back to the old Blizzard way of making cards, which is that epics are meant for memes and, like, really, like, weird, like, situational cards. Um, and, and so I'm glad that it's not, let me put it this way. I'm glad it's not a common. I wouldn't want to get it as a common in my packs that, all the time. That's fair. But like, that's fair. it's a way yeah. to print a card and be like, if you want to play this card in Constructed, you have to really want it. So here's, and here's you don't how want do this it. card in Arena, so we're not going to make this common to make you cry. So if aggro, three times as much. if aggro was really good, and then like aggro looks like this expansion is going to fall off a little bit, but in a world in which aggro is really good. You turn three. No, wait, hold on. No, because you wouldn't be able to. I, I guess you'd have to turn three on a turn. You, know, you had a coin. You'd play the Drakari Defender. Your three mana, two eight. Uh, reminder that Death Lord was really fun one time, and I miss you very much, Death Lord. But three mana, two eight, taunt, Overlord three. Like, we know that card, that stat line is good. Overload three versus getting your opponent to get a minion out on the board. Like, we can go back and forth on how whether which one of those is a worse kind of counter effect, but we know a three mana two eight taunt is good. You, you like it's not really there to deal damage, but if you boost a taunt thing, right? Imagine like you play Voodoo Hexer and play Cryostasis on top of it. Now you have a five mana five ten taunt. Uh, well, a seven mana five ten taunt that freezes everything that has to trade into it. Like, you don't care so much about the fact that it's frozen if you're playing it on a taunt that your opponent has to trade into anyway. But, like, that's such a niche moment. And the rest of the times, you're playing it, and you're probably like, oh, I gotta freeze their thing, but now I'm making it stronger, so future me is gonna be even more pissed. Screw it, I have to get my hex, so let's throw it out there and pray I draw a hex next turn. Like, Top deck like, icebreaker. Yeah. Yeah, top deck icebreaker so that you can take three more damage into whatever it is that you're trading with there. But hey, you can do it, I guess. Yeah. Uh, this is also yeah. a really weird way to give uh, shaman weapons poison, I suppose, because that wouldn't yeah. make thematic sense. All right, but here, here's yeah. why they don't have like a blizzard or a frost nova, because they give them shadow F- or snow fury giant. Like they have all this bad single target because they're afraid that like you top deck the snow fury giant without having frozen a single dude, cast one card, and then drop it up to zero mana 8-8s, eight I think. Yeah, I mean, Which that's... Which means that's that Shadow Fury Giant's terrible terrible design. Yeah. you have no. to suppress every other card that interacts with it to make this card to make this card playably fair, which makes all the other cards so terrible that Shadow or Snow Fury Giant, by extension, is terrible. <laughs> Yeah, and what happens for the next two years whenever they want to produce, like, a Frozen effect for Shaman now? Like, does this mean that we can't really use that design space because every card that they consider for the next four expansions has to tape in mind that 
Snow Fury Giants a thing? If this is going to be a thing, if we're going to make Free Shaman an archetype that is going to exist for the next couple years, well, now you have this thing that if you create any AoE freeze abilities, could potentially become super powerful, almost like what Arcane Giant has now become to Miracle Rogue decks. And I, I guess in theory, you know, that you know, the existence of Arcane Giant shows that they are okay with zero mana eight eights hitting the board. But certainly in something that's a little bit more grind heavy and something that has a lot more direct board control in freeze effects, I'm not sure that's something they're ever gonna want. So what that tells me is there's a very good chance that this is it for Freeze Shaman and they just kind of created this little niche thing because they were thinking that Shaman was already too powerful uh, with what they have with the Evolve and whatever else. So this is like this situational package that they don't expect to be a long-term identity for the class. That that concerns me. I don't I don't think Snow Fury Giantesa was printed as a good card to have. Um, I, I, I think that it limits more than it helps. Um, but Thrall Deathseer is going to be fun. Yeah, let's bring it back to let's bring it back. Let's bring it back yeah. to something positive. And Thrall Deathseer is nuts. Oh man, I, I, nuts! I'm not sure about just because the hero power only targets one thing. Targeting a minion is nowhere near as good as targeting all of your minions with something like Evolve, and for yeah, two but, mana, like that's but, it's an investment. But would you feel? Would you feel safe in a world knowing that on turn five, Thrall Deathseer is going to come down, evolve their board twice, and then every single turn after that, he's just going to go evolve, 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 evolve. Yeah, like, and then you if, play it with evolve on top of it. Yeah, so you play that on turn five. Turn six, you play uh, the uh, Doppelgangster and then evolve. So now all the stuff that was there before got evolved for a three mana boost. And that gets a one mana boost. And now you have a whole bunch of like six drops. You could try to get to eight drops, which is really where you want to be with a lot of the just pure stat line things. What this does, what this hero power does, like sure, it's not as it's not as blatantly powerful as like just having evolve on your hero power is. Mm -hmm. But what this means is that now you don't have to evolve on single like on a single dude. Because mm -hmm. you just have the hero power. So if you wind up in that situation where you just like you've run out of gas, you top deck a minion and like evolve and you're like, so do I hold this evolve and hope that I get a big enough board that I can get some value out of this card or do I just go for it now and hope for the best? Now you don't have to make this choice. Also, evolve shamans now going to be running like basically they're going to have a guaranteed double evolve and two other evolves that they can play separately and transmute spirit that they can just keep on hitting over and over and over and over and over again generating bigger threats as they like trade into your dude they evolve it they trade into your dude again they evolve it again and just keep on getting like a bigger threat until you low roll and get like the the six mana one one that's supposed to come with the six six yeah that's gonna be a thing. yeah there, there are a lot of potentially bad uh evolves now thanks to all these cards with you know weird death rattles that actually make it worse um, for when your your guys dies, but that's why you have a card like Treachery. That's right. I'm pro Treachery. I'm glad this card exists. I think this is gonna be fun. I want shenanigans. Give me shenanigans, Alex. Can this like? Are there enough bad death rattle things? I I, I made a note on on our list. Like, 
It seems like Rattling Rascal, which gets you a five, five uh, gives your opponent a five five when it dies, uh, could be a thing. Bomb Squad could be a thing. Taking Abomination gets the four mana five six, and then you know trade in, get it away, trade into it. Now all of their stuff dies. Is is this an, is there enough there, or is this another meme dream that needs a little bit more help first? Look, man. I play World of War like I raid in World of Warcraft. Once we're done here, that's what I'm gonna be doing is raiding. Right. And like I dislike Gul'dan, like personally. He has done some stuff to me. Even I don't think that he deserves this. <laughs> like not even not even treachery. Like what did Gul'dan do to Ben Brode to deserve all of this? Does does Gul'dan have like a King Varian Rin body pillow, Here's... and is just like out to get Gul'dan? I I think this is his, their their theory. Their theory is that cards like the Sanguine Rele uh, Reveler and Unwilling Sacrifice is gonna make like an egg lock exist, essentially like a zoo with all of these cards that when they die give you the bigger minions, like the zero five egg that gives you a five five when it dies. Um, you know, the, uh, there, there's the one mana O2 that allows you to draw a card when it dies. Like these kinds of cards will give you enough gas and you benefit from having them die so that you can, in theory, just completely, you know, you get an advantage for having the thing die and then you get the advantage of, of whatever the card does as well, kind of like the Ravenous Terror uh, Tracks was supposed to be. The problem is, we saw Ravenous Terror Tracks. That didn't really do all that much to allow egg-type things to exist. So Sanguine Reliver and, uh, and uh, Unwilling Sacrifice probably... like Neither one of them seem like enough to justify it compared to that. And Defile, I guess, is a thing that you could have good. your eggs die with. Uh, Defile's good. Like Defile's going to help... And, like, usually, though, you would imagine for, like, a control setting, and, like, there's not nearly enough control. Like, Handlock is not doing very well. So it's not doing very good. That's what I mean. Yeah. Like, we... Nobody asked for Wailing Fellhound. That, that's not the card that Discard needed. The high point about uh, what Warlock gets seems to be the fact that they got a strictly better drain life. Woo, and that got a one-mana buff that's going to rotate eventually. <laughs> yeah. Are you saying that Gnome Feratu is not as broken as the Hearthstone community thinks? This is the one that, at the beginning, when I was thinking of Magic of the Gathering, like, I feel like you guys really made fun of us for freaking out about Gnome Feratu. Like, yeah, it was bad. It did, like, <laughs> good at a GP a year and a half ago, blew up, and then immediately blew into obscurity again. Yeah. Uh, Despicable Dreadlord, though, I think, has some legs. Like, yeah. again, we got, like, a, we got, like, a decent demon. It's got, like, a one-sided Berengetan effect. Cool. Blood Reaver, Gul'dan. Uh, stop making demon happen. Demon will never happen. It could work in Wild. Like, Wild with Malganus. You get a second Malganus, and then you get, uh, I, like, that seems good. You get I that with like, the, uh, like the yeah, like nine mana, whatever the uh, the cruel I think cruel the unchained little uh, or unshackled I think it is that allows you to get all your demons out. So then you get that 
all your demons flood the board, you deal a whole bunch of damage with your doom guards or whatever that you hopefully cheated on there. Then your opponent kills them all, and then you're like, ha, JK, low, blood weather, Gul'dan. I get to do it again. That like, seems that's... like the most Gul'dan thing you could possibly do to them. Yes. Um, that means nothing to people like poor Walter and Standard, though. Like, in, like I'm really going to enjoy this in Wild. Uh, and the, and I will say the Siphon Life here, like, here power is busted. Yeah, like, Third, when you when I... you play Blood Reaper Gul'dan, that's probably about the time you're done life tapping. Yes. So, going the other direction seems like the, seems like a pretty good choice. Like, I okay, mean, I've, ta- I've tapped myself down to, like, 10 life. Let's go back to 30. Yeah. What, where where do you, like, are any of these cards interesting to you, Walter? I feel like we've had so much fun talking about these that, you, that you've fallen off here. Yeah, I'm I'm just learning that, like, everything that I loved in Angoro uh, doesn't exist. It just, it does. Like, the more we talk about everything, it's just, mean? like, at the entire... Warlock didn't exist in Angoro either. <laughs> I mean... Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but just, like, at, everything here. everything is getting just much, much, much slower. And it's it slowly is taking my interest away from it. Because I'm not a I'm... control player. I'm not a... Uh, I don't want to play slow. I like playing quicker pace decks. And just... Every... Mid-range will be fine. It'll be fine. I, I, I have... I have I have a nugget of wisdom for you when we're done here, okay? That that'll bring you some sunlight. Um, a real quick point before we head head off from Warlock, because I don't there's, I think that Warlock is a desiccated corpse right now. Yeah, um, there's not a lot of positive to point to here. Like Kipler's been playing a bunch of discard lock, and like we say that discard lock is bad now, and we're right. But he was also playing a bunch of dragon priest back when dragon priest was bad before. Uh, before Karazhan. So, he's he's been the herald of of things to come. I do mean, you ever, do you do you ever think that discard lock will be a thing? And do we believe the Wailing Fellhound will be a thing? Like, no, no, but, Wailing Fellhound is a terrible card. I mean, do right. you think like discard lock could be a thing if it gets the right pieces? And what do you think those pieces are? Because he's also uh, Kipler's also really high on on a uh, Blood Queen Lanathel. I yeah. most of my reactions to these cards zero outside input. I actually specifically stayed away from like Noxious, Preparian, Trump, Kipler. Mm-hmm. I stayed away from those so that way I could give this video with us just as much. This is what I feel. Not let me regurgitate what other better players of Hearthstone have said about these things. But yeah, same. Lanathel and Gnome Feratu were two bits from Kibler that that I did pick up, and he's actually pretty high on Lanathel. Yeah. Here's here's the thing. If Disco Lock is going to be a thing, again, which because it technically has been in the past, just in a different form, you need one of two things. Either one, you need a, a zoo deck that has so many different tools for controlling the board that you can kind of get away with it. Think about like what Imp Gang Boss was for forever, right? Three mana, two, four, gave you all those minions. Implosion was also a thing that added that stability to it. You need to be able to get away with the fact that you're not going to have perfect draws all the time. And so like the discard then becomes an added bonus rather than the thing that you need for your deck to be good. Um, the other thing is that like the reason I brought up like do you think Wailing Felhound is gonna be good? Well, you've gotta get to the quest quickly. 
Like just straight up, the only way that you're going to make get get the value of those constant three twos is to start spawning them at a point in the game, at which you can get immediate value and win the board, and then kind of keep the board theoretically for the rest of the game. Two man, two two health has proven to be just kind of too weak for that. But if you get it early enough, maybe it, it doesn't matter so much. Or maybe Disco Lock just doesn't play the quest, and we just accept that the five mana cost there isn't enough. But then you need more things like that dinosaur that brings back, a, or, or Dinomancer, I think it was. Rule Dinomancer. Yeah, Dinomancer, the six mana, five, five, death rattle, summon a thing that was discarded. Like, like that could work in theory, but just having one of those right now I don't think is good enough. What I was waiting for was the card that said, like, for however much mana it would have been, discover a card you discarded in this game. Like, that was the card I was waiting for. That seemed like a, a great answer to bring back, like, but what if I lose the one thing I really need? What if I lose my Lanathel? Well, now I can get it back. Oh, well, now I don't worry so much about it. You know, even if it's not 100%, at least some way of interacting with a graveyard would be helpful. Um, but they're not they're not doing that. Um and by the way, in case you're curious, no, discarded does not mean that it died. The dead uh, ground uh, graveyard from which we get Bl uh, Blood Reaver Gul'dan is a separate graveyard from the card discarded graveyard, which would also be a change that would help, by the way. If it was a, you know, died this game thing and we could bring some stuff back, I'd feel a little better. But it's not, so I don't, so... Consolidate graveyards, make discard, get rid of... Aside from a few quarter cases, get rid of random discard. Yeah. Make pick, discard great again. Let's do it. Pick, pick your discards. Aside from like a couple of like super high powered ones, like maybe Soulfire, because one mana four damage. Yeah. Even if you're discarding cards, seems pretty pretty good. Yeah. yeah. Seems yeah. Uh, discard could be great. It just needs the tools. Sorry, Warlock. I have a feeling we're gonna be seeing you at the bottom again. But wild, you're gonna keep having fun. Reno Lock is super fun and wild for people who want to remember what it's like to play Warlock again. Um, it's still there. It's still super fun. Um, but All yeah, right. let's let's move on, Walter, to your favorite class. Watch you cry about how little support you got. I mean, yeah, Warrior got jack all for what I play. I got nothing, nothing to help taunt Warrior except maybe bring it on. And, and nothing for Pirate. Like, what is this well, bull? Hold on, hold on. Dead Man's Hand, I think, is pretty disgusting. Interesting. You like that card okay. a lot, huh? That, that is actually another one that I got some, that I saw some opinions on. Okay. Because, like, what's better than brawling your opponent twice? Brawling them four <laughs> times. <laughs> Even good, three times. This is a Because, good point. like, Mage right now is kind of in the, hey, you know how two ice blocks are bad? What about three? How about six? That is fair. But the meta has to slow down so much for that. Because in most to. of your matchups... Well, I mean, here... Uh, I will say this, and this is the, the piece I would try to give you, Walter. Every single expansion, people say the meta is going to slow down. Like, oh, but this time the meta's really going to slow down. TGT, we have all these Inspire cards, the meta's totally going to slow down. No, it's not. With the old gods, we have all these four gods that are, you know, at the top of the standing. Like, clearly the meta's going to slow down. No, it's not. It ne Like, we always have fast decks. 
It has always existed in every point of Hearthstone. I, I refuse to believe that that is just going, that trend is going to just disappear and all of aggro will disappear just because right now we have the same optimism we had before so many other sets that we thought for sure were going to slow down the meta. I Like Dead Man's Hand is properly named in my mind because I have a feeling that for at least a third of your matches and probably two thirds, it's a dead card because you're not going to draw enough of your deck over the course of the game that you need to get your hand back in. Mm -hmm. Like, all it's going to do is potentially dilute your draws if because, A, you're not going to want to draw it in an aggro game, and, B, like, what if your hand isn't the cards that you want to be drawing again a second time? So now it's sitting in your hand waiting for you to draw the thing that you need so then you can play the extra two-mana card to get the thing that you finally top deck. Like, it... it it really is going to be a meta-dependent card in the same way I think Bring It On is going to be a really meta-dependent card. Yeah. Like, Bring It On only works in a, in, a, in a that is pure aggro because you want the aggro guy to flood the board while you have uh, all of this armor and can really take advantage of it and then get your brawl or whatever. But if you're playing against a good mid-range deck, you're like, you don't want to tell Hunter, by the way, here's a four-mana high main. You don't want to tell, like priest like oh by the way here's like a seven mana ysera where you can hear power like like you, you just like because it's a permanent reduction not a one turn reduction right so like you you could really screw yourself over if it's a more mid-range controlling meta so i i, I think warrior for this expansion in, in that regard got a lot of situationally great stuff like those two cards could be situationally great depending on the meta you would never run both and you're never going to have a meta in which both are valuable, which to me makes it a great epic spot. Um, here, here's a question before we get into the uh, enraged stuff, because that, I think, is the meat of where this goes. One, Mountfire two, three. is really good, right? Like, we can all look like Mountain Fire Armor is really good. Yeah, that's, that's a solid four, card. Three trades up, and if they try to trade down into it to prevent the value, you get six armor. That seems really good to me. Yeah, that's a, that's a really solid card. I like that. I don't know if I'll play it in any of my decks, but, like, I like that. It feels like you can run that against any archetype, and it's going to be good. I mean, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't put it in... It wouldn't touch Pyre, and I don't know if I'd want to take out a Stonehill in Taunt Warrior. I would well, you? No, well, no, you no, never sir. take Stonehill. Yeah. We've, We've been praying to Stonehill what, all podcast. What, like, Have yeah, you been like, paying attention? What, what, else are, what else are you going to take out of Taunt Warrior, then? You're not. Well, that's okay. What I mean. like, so I'm, the, I'm the two decks that I play in I'm, I'm pretty medium on Mountain Fire Armor. I think that he's an arena card. I think you could potentially cut, um, you could potentially cut something like a, maybe a battle rage. Like maybe you don't need like, if, cause against ag, like if, if you're, it, it is going to be a tech card against aggro things in taunt warrior because you need another body early on in the game. And then, you, just you like, know, just like that, race them with this guy behind your taunts and then you make them have to remove it and give you six health. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly okay. the, the, the concept there. Like that, that, Forcing them to trade into it in order to get the six armor for yourself or being able to trade up, I think that it has a flexibility. Um, or are these, uh, are these supposed to be like your hedge against board wipes? A hedge against board wipe is also nice. Like, it, like it, it does so many different things depending on what it is. I, in three mana, four, three, like the stats aren't bad. In arena, this is going to be a godlike card. In standard, I think it could be one of those rares that like it looks kind of boring on paper, but then you see all of the scenarios which, well, it's valuable against board wipes. It's valuable when trading up. 
it's valuable to trade down and you know when the opponent trades down into it like it's always going to have some value at cards that are always valuable tend to find their way in the problem is the warrior has and continues to be one of the most broken classes in hearthstone because a warrior at any time has at least five archetypes that are valuable and that's why like we're gonna bring up here, like, welcome back to like patron style warrior and rage warrior. Oh, but it's not. It's not even close. Patron it, warrior was good. It is if you play wild, a and b. Do you really? You're you're really not. You, you don't patron's not even good in wild. Well, patron it can be. potentially. It can be, but like you generally get outraced by aggro and outvalued by control. Like, it's in wild now, guys. Can we please just unnerf commander? shift it into the all-star class and like let patron warrior kill people again please like that's all i that's all i see all, all i see when i look at these one two three four five six cards out of the ten that they got eight ten eight yeah uh, oh no yeah ten yeah, yeah ten. Um, six out of the ten cards they got are all for this enrage archetype and all i want is to get in here you know what i see I see uh, a Confessor Paltris that is much easier to proc uh, in in uh, Warrior here uh, in this new Rot Face card. You know what I see? I see a Death Revenant that seems like a more powerful kind of. I mean, as a pure ball of stats, like that can that can be a really nice kind of finisher almost like an Edwin style in an Enrage Warrior deck. I still see Frothing Berserker as a thing that exists. I still see things like Ravaging Ghoul, like like Ravaging Ghoul is, is a must-play because of things like Armorsmith. All of those things are still true with Armorsmith now. You want to talk about getting consistency and having the armor against an aggro deck, get your Armorsmith up, get a couple of things. I mean, the, I, I think the Soul Claimer is not quite good enough in a, in a real uh, standard environment, but Fiery Warrior might be. Because Fiery Warrior, you know, one mana, one three, like one mana, one threes are good. A automatically procs any enraged thing that you play from your hand. Like, there, there are some things here that, like, Enrage Warrior's always kind of been beneath the surface that I, I, I feel like, especially Blood Razor, I, I think is going to make all of that in play. It's not quite as good as Death Spite, but they were never going to print Death Spite again. But Why now not? we have... <laughs> Why not? Give us back Deathbite and Ice Lance. Just for this. Please, please, can we have good cards? Can we have better cards? Look, I miss Deathbite too. I truly do. But, like, at least we have, like, a slightly worse Deathbite that at least can situationally get, you know, act as, like, a whirlwind effect as well when it's played. Like, there's there's a lot here that could create, like, a weird, janky, controly thing. Um, that gets gets away with it in the early game and has enough big threats in the late game. I I I want it to be a thing. I I know I keep saying this with a lot of these decks. I want this. I want this enrage warrior to be a thing. And then I remember that there are enough warrior things already. Like we don't really like even if none of these cards are valuable in the expansion. This. Is, like warrior's gonna be great as a class because warrior's already great it has all the things that make it consistently great so any of these cards panning out into my optimistic viewpoint is gonna make warrior super duper good all over again That's and true. it's gonna playing, be a pain playing four frothing berserkers could be really good um yeah. as a quick i think that scourge lord Gar arash is a quick note 
Like the Shadowmorn's pretty pretty dope. It's kind of yeah. like a what's it called? It's kind of like another Gore Howl e effect. I just like punch minions, not faces. Yeah, uh, the, the repeatable the whirlwind is okay. Hey, does anyone remember that six nine mech, uh, the Faux Reaper nine thousand? back in the day that could attack adjacent minions as well. No, I didn't either because that effect was never seen as all that valuable. Like at least with Scourge Lord Garrosh, you could do it on curve because it's a weapon so you can attack the turn that you play it. Um, that might make it a little better. But in general, cleave effects are something that we have always talked up as a Hearthstone community and has never actually been good. I think if Scourge Lord Garrosh is good, it's gonna be because Enrage is good and therefore the Bladestorm ability becomes good. Because two mana whirlwind seems real, like every turn seems like a very consistent way to ensure that every enraged thing you has gets value every turn. All right, that's it for all the class cards. Yeah, uh, we could probably spend like another. We've been talking for what, like a little over two hours now. The video will probably be greatly cut down. Yeah. I mean, yeah, no, so, we're at we're at we're at the plus two hour mark at this point. So cool. yeah. Let's let's play it off. Let's play it off with some honorable mentions in the forms of the neutral cards. Uh, yeah. Give me give me some hot takes, guys. You, I, I see your Twitter. You guys are hot take masters. Uh, the Lich King, eight mana, eight eight. Taunt. End of your turn. Add a random Death Knight card to your hand. Um, Death Knight cards will probably be in the Dibbly Doo. Yusera that can be found by Stonehill Defender. Thank you. I'm okay with this. This will work out very well. Lich King's gonna be really good. Um, Arthas is going to be less good, but it's adorable, so that helps. Yes. It, it has an adorableness buff, but there we go. It's, yeah. it's a beast too. Remember what about you, Walter? You get to you get to weigh in on this as well. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. You get him by Stonehill, like that's uh, absolutely fantastic. I just, I don't know the the Death Knight cards. None of them really speak to me in any like way, shape, or form that I'm like, yeah, I would really want to get this card. Um, they like they're nice cards, but nothing that I. I don't know. I, none of them are just any that impressive to me. Two mana deal five? Or two mana heal five? That seems yeah. I mean, yeah, de like Death Coil's the best one, but... Do, do, no, Frostmourne's insane. Really, yeah, Frostmourne's insane. Doom Pact is insane. A five mana... Um, God, uh, Twisting Nether. To get rid of cards that you don't really care about. Like, that's... that's it, maybe I'm great. just undervaluing them, um, but I don't Death know. and Decay? Like, you get a better version of the... Uh, um, mage potion that deals two damage to everything. Exactly. Like, and it's only for enemies, so it's one-sided. Like, yeah, I I think you are heavily underestimating some of the Death, death Knight grips. Death grips. Oh, it's only a minion, so you can't steal their no, Death Knight. No, but you steal but you steal it. No, it's not a copy. You steal the minion. So they don't get yeah. to draw it, and you get it. That yeah. also could be super good. Oh, man, you death with their Tyrion. Yeah. Oh, my God. Okay. I'm, like, yeah. There you go. Anti-magic anti shell? Like, that's insane. Even for a buff card, anti-magic shell. Maybe okay. I, I guess I'm so, just I'm hot just takes, undervaluing hot them. Takes, yeah. Hot takes. These cards, great. Uh, you know what? They're all terrible. All three princes. Yeah, garbage. Princes garbage. are there so the cards that generate legendaries aren't as good. Don't at me if you disagree. Garbage. They're garbage. Awful. Awful. Uh, Uninspired. In in the notes we have Nerubian Unraveler Mini Lothed. Uh yeah man. Five five spells cost two more. Is I don't know if that's enough to hold off, but like against miracle, like that's a big thing to have, and it's uh, and against 
something like OTK Mage, that's a big thing to have. Um, I don't know if it's going to be enough because it really needs a meta in which spell decks are the most powerful thing, but it's... I mean, it, it seems like a more balanced version of Lotheb uh, that doesn't have to rely on it being a battle cry, so they have to deal with it. Yes. Um, yep. But it's it's going to be a really situationally tech card uh, yeah. more than even some of the other ones we've talked about. Yeah, ma massive tech card. Like, I, I think it'll be good in some matchups, but in other matchups, it's just going to be a 5-5 five, five for 6. Alright. Uh, TI7? Yeah, TI7? TI is going on. Yeah. The international is going on. Let's keep it up with the techies. Uh, Skulking guys, you guys have already mentioned, or Chase has already mentioned it a couple of times, and possibly the death of Jade uh, Druid if it becomes too big, as well as maybe threatening some other decks. Any final thoughts, Chase? Uh, yeah, this is a pretty clear hate card. If Evolve Shaman, Jade Druid, and uh, Miracle Priest are all in the meta, you're going to be playing Skulking guys. If they're not in the meta, well, then it's a six mana four six, and a six mana four six is really bad. So, this is purely a, a meta hate card. Um, in general, there haven't been even things like the Galaka Crawler, right? We we're like, oh man, this will be the end of pirate decks because we get this kill a pirate, get the plus one plus one. Guess what? Um, it it did just fine because not every deck can afford to fit in every tech card. Um, so. Skulking Geist will make a couple people very sad when it's played against them, yeah. and the rest of us won't really care. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I agree. If I if I see that I'm against a druid and I have this in my deck, I'm gonna be super happy. I'll, that's, I'll put it that be way. Better tech card than Eater of Secrets, though, because there are more one-cost spells to remove than there true. are secret decks on the ladder right true. now. Yeah, but one-cost spells don't keep your opponent alive when they should die. Jade <laughs> uh, <laughs> Idol has a word for you, man. <laughs> good point. Good yeah. I mean, death is death is a really good way to prevent them from killing you. Death is uh, Jakari Enchantress. Yeah. I'm Beams. so hyped. Yeah, no. I want Ysera and the Lich King on my board with Jakari Enchanter. So I get four cards at the end of every turn. Um, no, no, like, this card isn't going to be great. Um, I would love to see, like, you play, turn nine, you play this and Hogger, you get the 2-2-2 two, two, two taunts. Like, there are some... Like, there are plenty of meme combos. There just aren't many... Like, this will clearly provide value right away combos. Um, and usually you need cards that are going to do enough right away. This is why Spellslinger Umbra isn't played right now. Doesn't do enough. But maybe, maybe it will. Um, I, again, like, it, it needs, it takes too much setup, and I think decks have enough to, uh, to counteract it. Like, it just takes too much setup. Like, you're going to play it, and you're going to get one turn out of it, and that's great. And then the next turn, someone's going to deal with it. So, I don't know. Like, right. it's solid. It's solid if it stays on the board. The five health helps. It, five the five health helps. helps. Yeah, but... Yeah, like, Umbra at four health for a three... At, for at four mana was not good enough. Yeah. Three mana for a one five. If there are early end of turn effects, that could be a thing. But it's... Right, I got, yeah. I got two Please. more. Okay. So, speaking of five health, Mindbreaker... Inspire didn't make hero powers matter enough. What about if we take them away? Yeah, you play this in arena. You play this against someone who happened to get a death knight. You're going to feel pretty great. Um, yeah, that's it. But yeah, you're probably not main decking this because as good as death knights are, like by the time they've gone to their death knight spot, the three mana two five is not doing anything. Yeah, exactly. It's there just going to get it's going to get swept off the board immediately. <laughs> that's 
All right, Walter. And you know I gotta throw you a bone. Walk us out with the great, mighty Phantom Freebooter. What are your thoughts? Uh, yeah, it's a pirate. I should be happy. It's too slow for pirate. Oh, I think it's too slow. What I I'm just trying to think on on how, like how often do I have a big weapon out on turn four? Like I don't. By then I've probably used up my fire war axe unless I've drawn both of them early on, or I get you know the mother load where it, I go. Uh, upgrade into blood sail cultists and i have a, a you know a big thing that i'm just adding a bunch of attack instead of one health like i play enough of blood sail like you play blood sail raider enough often enough that three health isn't that great i guess the extra health maybe getting you know that one durability added onto the health and making it four health is a little bit more difficult to deal with but then it's just frostbolt hero power on turn four anyways and it dies so i just I don't think there are enough times where on turn four I'm going to have a big enough weapon that makes it matter more than either playing like a South Sea Captain or a Corcoran Elite or another Blood Cell Cultist or like something like that. So yeah, It could replace Naga Corsair. It could replace Naga thing. Corsair. Like yeah. giving your attack one uh, weapon one attack is probably not worth so much that the upside... If yeah. you can get a big weapon or you play it after, you know, you draw it after you've already gotten your, um, God, the five mana five, two weapon, whose name I'm somehow forgetting. Oh, um, Arcanite Reaper. Arcanite oh, Reaper. Reaper. They play it after your Arcanite Reaper. Like, like, I think that has more upside. And so yeah. that probably, that, that might come into play, but you're right. I, I don't think it's, it's fast enough for the rest. I do want to say, uh, just to fit this in there, uh, Bone Mare, seven mana five, five, that gives plus four, plus four in taunt. Hey, Arena, Sorry. I guess they, Blizzard just does not care about you objectively because that is broken as hell in a, in arena, especially as a common. Like what the hell? Like as a common, this is gonna come up way more often than you. It's want. gonna come up as often as Volcanosaur did. God, that well, <laughs> Volcanosaur was pretty good with the cannot be targeted adept. Yeah, that came up often. <laughs> well, but that was a rare. This is gonna come up even more often because oh it's a common. Like oh I. I, I have a feeling that's going to be one of those that arena players are complaining about for a long time. All right. Well, that I sounds agree, like but a... I don't care about arena players, so go ahead, make the card. It'll only see in arena. Was there anything else? Any any final thoughts? Any one last card that you wanted to touch on before we we head off into the good night, Alex? Yeah, that sounds like an X pack for me, dude. I'll see you guys in another three months. So you get the next one, and then the next one. Is, is that a little salty? I, do you do you want to come no. on a little bit more often? Hey, I mean, I probably know about as, about as much as you guys do about Dota. Let's talk Ti. Let's talk. Oh, oh my god! I'm in on this. No, I don't. Like I don't want to. I I don't want to touch the Dota. I don't want to touch the Dota. My brain. My brain is on fire. Don't want to touch the Dota. You don't want to have to literally talk about every single hero as though they were good and viable because sometimes they actually are basically league is hard enough for that to only know 40 if everything's broken nothing, nothing is. is broken chase what All about right. you final final thoughts final card you want to pick out anything i mean i'll keep naming things if you want i will say the one other thing in arena that i'm absolutely terrified of is uh death speaker three mana two four gives a friendly minion immune free trade up on your turn you can control like that seems good in arena there, um, there's your poison card in rogue there you go you, you give one of your character your 
hero, your creature is immune, and then you give it poison, and then you kill the big thing. I mean, if you give it poison, you don't care. If you give it poison, you're already giving it the, the big thing. But now you can do both. Right, now you can do six. it twice. Now you yeah. can kill the big thing and then kill the big thing again. There you go. Made it good. All right. <laughs> so Tastes on right. that note, we're going to wrap up the episode. Uh, if you enjoyed it, let us know in the comment section. Uh, go ahead and hit that like, comment, subscribe button, all that fun stuff. Uh, we do read all the comments, so we genuinely appreciate it. We actually managed to get it out before the expansion drops this time. So hopefully you guys have as much fun talking about these cards as we do. Let's theory craft. It's going to take a couple weeks before we know whether we were right or not on any of these things, as it always takes time as people experiment with this stuff. But actually, let's let's close on, uh, as you give out your social media handles, I think you should we should say, like, what's the thing that we're most looking forward to as an individual? Like, after all that's been revealed, like, I'm at Red Shirt King, and I cannot wait to meme some dudes playing the, the priest legendary, the Archmage Benedictus. I am going to, Archbishop Benedictus is totally going to be a thing. I'm totally playing it. It's going to suck. Two weeks in, I'm probably going to disenchant it, but I don't care. That's what I'm doing because the memes are too good, man. Uh... Walter, where can the nice people at home find you, and what are you looking forward to most? Uh, you guys can find me at Sadies underscore LOL, and uh, I'm looking forward to just hopefully keep playing Pirate Warrior, and hopefully the meta doesn't slow down enough that I can't keep playing Pirate Warrior. And then three months from now, I hope they swing it back the other way, and everything speeds up, and it's all aggro heaven, and they delete Priest from the game. <laughs> wow. The nah, soft- so great. We got we got a long time with the nightmare fuel that is Anduin. Uh, you guys can find me on Twitter at bmnavos. Uh, I'm most looking forward to uh, first of all, just keep on memeing with that good old quest mage, and I got finally got a four drop. Uh, feel free to at me all your hilarious combo kills, whatever the deck, whatever the means, whatever the memes. Um, and that nugget of wisdom that I promised you. Oh, okay, uh, Walter, my brother, my friend for 20-something years. Agrodex have won the last two Magic the Gathering Pro Tours. I think you're going to be fine. I didn't know we were playing Magic. I thought this was Hearthstone. What I'm saying is every early meta, <laughs> all aggro, baby. Let let people figure the meta out while you punch them in the face. That's a, that's a yeah. good point. You're going to have like an 80% win rate when the expansion drops because everyone's going to be trying weird stuff and you're going to be playing pirate. And by the way, everyone's going to then go on social media and say, why are any you assholes playing pirate? Why don't you want to play with the new cards, you jerks picking on people trying to try things? It's going to be great. The cycle will continue. All is right in the world. Uh, enjoy your wins. Enjoy this episode and enjoy our episode on the EULCS week 10. Walter's favorite week of uh, EU LCS coverage um, is also coming up today. It is, it is the priest of the LCS weeks. <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, well, I can't, man. <laughs> I hate priests. Right. That's all I'm saying. All right. Well, you guys wrap up as you need to. I need to go raid. Yeah. Until <laughs> next time. Goodbye, internet. Hey there, C80s here. Thanks for checking out the podcast. And if you enjoyed today's episode, consider supporting us at www.patreon.com backslash roughdraftspod. For just a dollar a month, you can join your fellow listeners in our patron-only Discord channel and help keep the content coming. Or join our VIP club, where a dollar a show or eight bucks a month 
gets you first priority on all patron content like our patron only Q&As. And check us out on all of our social media, Twitter at RoughDraftsPod, Facebook.com backslash RoughDraftsPod, SoundCloud.com backslash EsportsRoughDrafts, as well as on iTunes and YouTube by just searching for the Rough Drafts Podcast. Thanks for listening, and goodbye, Internet.